back to the Attack Podcast. As always, I'm your host, the Unending Screams, Jay. So as always, is my co-host, the Unstoppable Shakes, Z. How are you doing today, Z? I'm doing quite quite well this week, I'd say. That's good. That's good to hear. So uh, nothing to note really came out. I think we're just doing the same same stuff we always do. <laughs> Jack, that's where you're mistaken. Mistaken? Never. Something new did come out, finally. At long last, Andor's here. He's here. Andor. Andor the Andor, the Cassian Andor Fine. show, Andor. The James Clydesdale show finally come out. And all it's waiting on it. Waiting on it. Here it is, man. The first three episodes dropped this, this week. And let me tell you, pretty freaking great. Oh, absolutely. Pretty, pretty sweet, dude. It was some truly great stuff. I got to be honest. We yeah. knew going into this, uh, we saw you were telling me. There's a lot of like, and I've seen a lot of positive stuff. I think it had like an 89% on Rotten Tomatoes, if I'm not mistaken. It was like the highest Star Wars show, either a surpassing season one of The Mandalorian or since the season one of The Mandalorian. I, I think there was differing re- um, reports that I saw on that. But yeah, people seem to like it a lot from what I've seen. It's hitting a, it's sitting at a uh, 91 right now, which is pretty pretty good. Pretty good stuff. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go try to find Mandalorian season one. But yeah, based off of the, I think it had a screening like mid last week. I think uh, maybe like Wednesday last week or something. That, like it was cool. It was a lot of uh, you know, internet personality influencer type people got to go to, which is kind of which is always fun instead right, of just right. like actual industry. stuck up, yeah, industry Hollywood types who no one actually cares about. Um, and the pos- the reactions from that were very positive. And we, I guess, we can get to some of the reaction stuff later, uh, which is. It, it, some of which is interesting but yeah i was excited uh, a big thing that we kept seeing were people saying that the production value really is just as good as it was looking from the trailers which is something that we remarked on oh, Jack, yeah. i want to say something i, I had this thought the other day i listened to whatever else she has i, I realize i say we a lot and i feel like most of the time i just mean me but it's like the show so i i feel you know like a royal we it's like the royal we we at the act like hey, you know you're right with that how do you feel being the other half, uh, I feel fine. All right, uh, it makes me seem like I do more than I actually do. Great. All right, so uh, uh, well, so our thoughts on World War Two. <laughs> our thoughts on the, on the teaching of critical race theory are. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hey, hey, you. Hey, here's you here's what we have to say about that. <laughs> no, but um, okay, we're doing some of those. Ah, good stuff. No. Was I just in there? Oh, so but we we had cited the trailers and stuff. It looked really good, and the production value did look to be like even a cut above the other Star Wars shows. And that was a lot of the early hype was that it. I kept seeing it a lot compared to like um, traditional like prestige television, right? Your HBOs yeah. and and whatnot, where you know who have who have been the home to like your premiere television in the past, and even till now. I mean, I always say that. You know, we were talking about that off pod, and like that's a thing I've referred to a lot. I think I kind of consider HBO to be like the gold standard even still of like, I don't know, that's where they make like real nice TV shows. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think it totally apply. I haven't seen it firsthand now. That's all there. Um, yeah, this these three episodes were kind of incredible, man. Um, we had really, really high expectations. Or at least I did like going into it with that uh, last trailer that came out. We talked about it for a good like 45 minutes just because I was so was excited it- and everything. Most of it was gun related. Oh, there was a lot of a lot of AK forty seven discussion, as I recall. But yeah. excitement nonetheless. Excitement for sure. And I think it like met and exceeded what I was hoping for out of this. I think it's even better than I 
had hope. So let's let's get into the specifics, I guess. Um, start running right, down yes. the bullets I got here. So I will say, so I, I think right before we start, I remember that we talked about this trailer. We spoke about how we thought that these first three episodes were just going to be his backstory in its entirety. If you weren't going to get like a lot of Diego Luna Cassian Andor, oh, like modern or, or older Cassian Andor, just like his young self, and then we'd build into the modern age at like the end. So that's not what they did, which I think is fine, is that they like intercut like his backstory kind of with the current timeline of what's happening, um, which I think was good. So we oh, start yeah. this episode. He's on, um, I took careful note to try to remember the planets. He's in some Blade Runner, neo-noir-esque pleasure district on some planet five years before the Battle of Yavin. Mm-hmm. That's where our timeline is. He goes there and he's asking about some girl, some strippers, I guess, or dancers, whatever the hell they are, Star Wars equivalent, uh, about some girl from a planet. And she's like, I don't know him. He's getting hassling by the cops. Then he kills both the cops and he runs back home. Yeah. That's, well, that's we were, we start. We learned he's looking for his sister specifically. His sister, right. I actually yeah. saved some, a, a fun tweet directly references this so um he says andor opens with a mysterious drifter looking for his sister in a brothel next scene the man accidentally kills a crooked cop and then shoots another in the face in cold blood pure noir that's from sean fennessy on twitter and he's right that's oh yeah totally it's so let's let's just get into that some general stuff um so the other thing that we saw leading up to this from from those early reactions is like that this is potentially maybe the most adult that star wars has been in some ways um oh i definitely would agree and you and i for pretty much as long as we've had this show right we have railed against the whole make star wars gritty and like super dark and r-rated and all that and despite that i think i really do kind of enjoy what this show has has managed to do there and like the balance they've kind of managed to strike because this is not r-rated right no, no. But it's kind of like, you know, on the harder edge of PG-13 than most Star Wars stuff is, maybe, somehow. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, they just say the word bastard, which I don't... He's bastard? They say shit yeah. at one point? Oh, yeah. There's, like, there's as much, like, uh, leading towards having sex as they yeah, can. I was going to say, it's, like, the the absolutely most suggestive sexual content that I think a Star Wars thing has ever... Well, I mean, I don't know. I guess I... It's always, it's tough because there's always like the, there is the prequel stuff where it's like, but as, I don't know, I think there's nothing quite as direct as like, well, okay. There's like people make out in this. I don't know if I've ever seen characters make out in a star Wars, you know? Yeah. And then like, I don't don't think I have either. And I was quite shocked. And then like, like lightsaber. (laughs) Oh, Oh, what have they done? (laughs) My pearls. I must clutch them. Oh dear. And then you have like a moment where like someone wakes up in the bed the next morning and they're clearly unclothed. Like, I don't know. That's, it's definitely, yeah, more than you'd get. Like there was a lot of jokes in the lead up, you know, between the screening and the actual premiere that was like, ah, it's official guys. Andor is canonizing sex in the Star Wars universe, (laughs) Uh, which is funny. But yeah, there's, there is all that. And like at the risk of sounding like a, uh, like an edgy teen or something. You know, there is like some some grit to this series that is actually, I think, all right. I don't think it's so bad, even though we are classically not the we don't need a show of Darth Vader killing a bunch of kids or whatever. But I think right, this yeah. does it well. And it it like makes good use of it. It doesn't just do it just because. Yeah, it's not doing it for doing its sake. Yeah. 
So I think it's cool. I, I'm I I'm a fan of it. And I know people are like already railing against this side of it, which is weird. Because I guess I mean, if there's anything we've learned through this show, it should be that no one's ever happy. Or n- not that no one's ever happy, but you can't you can never please everybody. You can never make everyone yeah. happy at once. So as much as there's always been people who are like, what? When are you gonna give me my adult Star Wars? There's not people who've already been like, this isn't f- as fun. Give me fun Star Wars, which I can totally get. Right. Uh, we again we've always been on the hard line that like star wars is for kids guys let's never forget like it should it should pretty much always be accessible to kids and this is pretty much on the it's questionable yeah Yeah, i i think this gets into the like you got like a 13 12 kind of yeah i i wouldn't disagree that being said there's like my 10 year old logic a they probably not for them and they probably wouldn't really get it yeah i agree with that Um, but like i saw ek johnson said this and she's um She's a, a Star Wars author, right? And she's got some stuff that I really do enjoy. She wrote the Ahsoka book? She did. She wrote the Ahsoka book, and she she wrote a Padme trilogy, all of which I actually quite enjoy, um, even though it's like one of those things where, you know, not my, not my traditional wheelhouse kind of thing. I, I think they're all right. quite good. Uh, and I saw she tweeted something to that effect, because I think I follow her on Twitter, of like, yeah, this is kind of not fun, like, and not super accessible to kids, and a little bit, like, a little bit grim. For my taste, and I totally get that. Um, but I guess the nice thing is that there's there is still plenty of that out there in terms of Star Wars. Like this again is like the I think towards the darkest thing they've ever made. I mean, again, the risk of sounding all ooh, it's dark. Like yes, I know. I feel like the other side of that is you're just gonna get people to be like, well, this isn't Game of Thrones, or it's not that. Like, let me just yeah. let me just name six things that are more mature than s- this Star Wars show, and it's like, yeah, yeah, you're right, of course, but. It's good, and the and the production value is the other kind of like meta thing I had on here to start. It def it really is definitely there. This show looks incredible um, with everything, like the camera work and all that, which is a thing that I only vaguely understand and I probably mentioned too much on this show for the level of understanding that I do have. But it's one of those things where like normally you're just like I don't know, it's there, and then when when there's actually some interesting stuff going on, camera wise and and editing, which I guess aren't really the same thing. But they're kind of related, right? You kind of notice of like, oh, there's there's something to this. There's something very cinematic about this show. Something really kind of like just a little bit cut above that you can even if I can't put my finger on it, it's it's like a vibe. I, feel I guess, it's yeah. Tangible. yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, all the all the practical sets and and whatnot that we hear, it's great, man. Like I've already seen people being like, maybe maybe that volume really is kind of like a bit of a maybe they were really over relying on that, and I. Yeah, I don't crush. I don't know that I can disagree. Seeing what they were able to get done with this, um, but so let's get into the actual. So, like you said, it opens with uh, it's kind of a cold open. So, uh, you know me, I love talking about cold opens. I always love them. It's a spy right. thing, and I do think, and and maybe we'll, uh, this will continue throughout the season. Actually, if anything, I think it's only going to trend more towards this. Um, definitely some uh, some James Bond kind of vibes from this show at points, right? In terms, of- yeah, yeah. And like this is kind of a cold open of just like, all right, you're here's your character. He's doing a thing. He's just in the middle of a thing. And throughout that first th- these first three episodes, I think there's a sense of that, which I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like we're just in the. This is just Cassian's life. We're just here. Nothing's ever really explained. There isn't like a bunch of over the top exposition. That's kind of the other side of uh, the production value. I guess this falls more into writing though. That people have been um, hyping up is is the dialogue. And I totally agree. The dialogue in this show, it 
it's definitely kind of a high point. Like just the way that characters talk feels really natural. And then like when there is some, you know, like epic kind of stuff to be said, some cool moments, I think those are always all really good. Some towards the end of this we'll get to, but yeah, the, the, you know, these characters speak to each other, like in a way that feels really natural. And it doesn't involve a lot of like, hello, Cassian, my old, my old friend. Don't you remember when we got up from the Academy from when we got up to hijinks back then and this and that. It's just like, hey, Cassian. Hey, hello. <laughs> yeah, they haven't done that Star Wars thing, though. Like, oh, this is just like when we were on Galvatron 6. And yeah. the blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, thank God. None of that yet. I, I assume we'll get that eventually. There's got to be some but... of it. No, I do think there's a fair bit of that in this episode. Uh, with with the box. Yes, the box. That's true. The box has the most of it, but it's just contained. It's just the one and it's, thing. And that's all right. You know, I, I, I got no problem with the, uh, the Star Wars mumbo jumbo. I mean, that's part of the whole thing, isn't it? That's yeah. part of the character of what this all is. But yeah, it's just, it's definitely toned down a little and it's a little bit more like just straightforward talking to people. And I kind of like the way that that unfolds over time where um mm-hmm. you kind of like, you just, just get this through context of like, wait, who's this person? Oh, okay. I- I'm getting it. But who's this person? How does yeah. this, how are they, you know, related? What do, what do they know about each other? And so, yeah, this starts with, he's looking for, what turns out to be his sister in this brothel and a couple of the corpo guards who, you know, turn out to be pretty integral to these first three episodes, at least are giving him a Mm -hmm. bit of guff. And then eventually they follow him outside after he leaves and they're trying to shake him down in an alley. And they're doing a bit of a, bit of a shakedown, like, like a, Oh, if you just give us the, it's clearly they're, they're kind of fishing for a bribe. And he's like, all right, I'll bribe. I I got the money right here. Mm -hmm. And then he headbutts one and he falls and cracks his head open and just, just dies. And then dies in the street. So he's got the other one at gunpoint, and it's like, well, better say, I guess I better just kill you too. And he does. I, mean, I gotta get the job. And that's kind of our inciting incident for this: is that uh, a couple of dudes hassle him, and he accidentally kills one, and so he's got to kill them both. Because um, he's like, well, he's like, oh no, if we just if we just go together. We'll tell him it was an accident. And he's like, yeah, that's not how it's gonna go down though, because you're still a cop. So I kind of got to kill you here. Yeah. Well, because he's like, yeah, he's all like, oh, if we go back, I'll tell him you didn't really do it. Like, no. It's almost as sure that if he actually went with them, they would have just been like, "Yeah, get this guy. He he murdered, he murdered Steve." <laughs> like, yeah, he got he got Steve real good, and I, I swear. And they're like, "Ah, fuck. Well, damn it." Um, but I will say, like this opening scene, you know, it definitely does for all those reasons. Like, oh, it's a brothel. They're in a brothel in Star Wars. That's pretty. That's kind of yeah. weird when you think about it. Um, and and you got these crooked cops, and like even the violence on display here, like. He executes that guy, right? Like he summarily executes yeah. that man. Like there's some, there's some kind of like, whoa, it's, it's definitely, on, stuff it's definitely on the heavier side of it. And I think that's good. I mean, it gets you right into like what to expect out of the show, which is right. obviously a solid thing out of an opening, um, opening sequence here. And the other thing is, I think it establishes the morality that we're going to be working with in this show, which is to say gray like and again it feels so cliche at this point and like i'd be like oh i want a, I want a gritty i want i want gray morality no one's really a hero but that's that's really is what this show is doing and i think again maybe the thing is just that this is a good example of this this is maybe how you do a i'm gonna make a franchise gritty and and grim right mm-hmm again even though that's like the cliche thing now is to like take your beloved you know, legacy franchise, and what if we made it grim and gritty? But there's, I think there's something to it here. And um, right, yeah. so, like sure. in this scene, right? Cassian's not 100 percent in the right. I wouldn't say. No, 
and that's kind of what makes it on great like and this is this has caused a lot of a lot of discourse already and it's gonna with with some other characters we're gonna get to in a minute is that like what is the morality really like it's you know because it's easy to say in star wars because this is this has been the standard for star wars for the longest time right that like well the bad guys are bad and they're just kind of evil and it's like not even an issue but that's the, hasn't really happened yet in this show no not really there are even you know again that's always been the way of star wars like because of who star wars is for which again is always primary children george lucas you know came into it with that kind of like straight up and down morality for the most part Mm -hmm. um but this is definitely kind of playing with that and these two cop guys they're assholes for sure right oh yeah they're the worst no doubt they were gonna probably honestly like beat him up a little intimidate him at the very least they wanted him to think that they would yeah and they are crooked and even even if they weren't crooked corpo guards or whatever the hell they're called even if they just were like upright ones they're they're basically like they're imperials right they're yeah they're all part of the system so like in all these different ways you can put into like why these guys are like immoral and all which is true but does that mean he gets to like murder them in the way he does just shoot him straight up just blast his head off and i would say the answer that's probably no for me no no yeah um and i I, again like i said it's already been like discourse and people have already come in with the like oh well they're fascists like they're part of the whole system so who cares but like i I don't know that doesn't seem it, it, I don't think that's what the show wants you to look at it like. One hundred percent, Jay. That was my thought yeah, exactly. Not, you're not just killing the droids. Like, I mean, he does beg for his life, and he's very scared, right? And Cassian's shaken, but he still does it. So it's like, mm, I don't even think Cassian know. thinks he's he's done a good thing. No, no, definitely not. He's done like a necessary thing from his point of view. But yeah, I don't think he's yeah. like psyched about it. Morally speaking, I know. Yeah, there's a lot of the shots you can see that he's definitely working it in his head like. I really don't want to do this, but I, and he's slowly knocking down like this. He's slowly narrowing it down that he has to do this or it's going to be way more trouble than it needs to be. I mean, it becomes more trouble because of other characters who show up. But in that moment, he goes, if I do it now, I can, I can get ahead of this quicker. Exactly. I won't be on. No, I totally agree. And I, I'm glad you said that because I had that same thought. And I think I've said this before on the show with, with various things, but like sometimes you got to just uh, a thing on its own terms, right? Like, mm-hmm. you can't just bring all the, like, ah, fascism and, and they're, we know they're all Nazis because it's Star Wars and so, but, like, sometimes you kind of have to think, like, okay, though, honestly, what is this show trying to get you to think? Um, yeah. Let's let's flex our literacy for a bit here and, like, what what does it want us to get from this scene beyond just, ah, bad guy gets his, gets his he gets got, gets what's coming to him because he's evil. It's like, yeah. eh, is that really what it wants you to think? And I don't, I agree, I don't think it is. I think this is supposed to be like a questionable action for Cassian, um, which again, I think is going to be carried forward for pretty much every, everyone we see in these first three episodes to a greater or lesser extent. Right. Right. So then we see his whole life right on Ferrix where he's living and, and all these, we get introduced to all his little side characters in that town. Right. Mm -hmm. We meet his friend Brasso, who's like a, just a good working guy. He's just working. He's a working man. He's got his, the wall of gloves. Yeah, they just all go get your gloves and yeah. We meet his droid, uh, B2. He's fun. Love a new droid in Star Wars. It's It wouldn't be a Maybe. Star Wars thing without a new fun droid, would it? No, not at all. And he's got like a weird quirk where he just like kind of stutters. Like he doesn't work right. He's like old. He's a bit old. He's, he's a bit all beat up. He stutters a bit. He's got one off color leg that they clearly had to replace. That's a classic Star Wars thing, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Uh, he's fun. I like him. I'm a fan. Hope we see more of him. Oh, I hope so too. 
Um, and we also get introduced to maybe the most significant side character for these first three Bix, who is a friend he has who works at a like a junk shop of some kind type thing. Yeah, yeah, I think so. A dismantling shop, Something. and then her boyfriend. Yeah, Tim with two M's. Tim. Tim. Um, and so Cassian realizes that there is this heat on him and that probably something's going to go bad here. So we get the sense from this that Cassian's kind of a career criminal type guy, but on a low level, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even he realizes that this is a new thing. This is like a cut above is killing two people. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. We haven't directly said, but like for all we know, this is the first time he's had to do something like that ever i mean i don't know he did it i guess he did it pretty he got himself a fire pretty quickly so maybe not but i don't know we, we could see but so he realizes that this is going to be a little more and so he's he's working on his exit strategy right mm-hmm. so he saved the star path unit and so he wants bix to connect him to this buyer that he knows she has so that he can sell it and get enough money because he knows how valuable it is to just kind of leave and start over somewhere else Right, right. Um, but again, I something that's interesting about this, like I said, it's cool that we just are dropped into his life in this town, and we just see all these little side characters, just like oh, Cassian. I know you because we're friends, and we live in this town together, and all this. Yeah, you owe me money. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. It seems like most people have a pretty low opinion of him, which is interesting. Again, he's kind of a piece of shit. I think. <laughs> yeah. Like beyond the killing that he did, just in general, everyone's kind of like, "Hey, you owe me money." Everyone's just kind of like, hey, you, you're kind of a lo- like a layabout. Why don't you come work with us? Why are you always like doing stuff? Hey, you, why are you always like stealing from the ships and just trying to like make a quick buck? Like, why are you like this, Cassian? Yeah, just do some, do an honest day's labor. Yeah, like, why can't you just come with us like we all do, put our gloves on, and we just go break ships all day? Yeah. Just absolutely grueling, backbreaking labor where we just smash up old ships to get the, the things inside them. The cords and the, and the bimbobs and the Pops. Come on. Um, so he's working on this, right? And the other side of it is the is the inspectors. Yes. The inspectors were I really I was surprised that we're gonna get uh, them. They were fun. Uh so we start with uh, the guy this guy's giving a report to his superiors about to leave for some meeting with the Imperials. Because they're not quite Imperials. No, like, they are like, they don't really they're like a step below. They're like the the local kind of guys. They are the pre-more authority security officers. They're corp- right, they yeah. call them corpos. So there's clearly this hierarchy in the imperial system that exists, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like it was in the Republic still, where you have these big corporate conglomerates who have a lot of undue influence. <laughs> um, it's like if oh, it's yes. like if Amazon got so big that they had their own army. Basically, is who these guys. They are. had uh, like strike breakers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you could imagine such a thing. Yeah, something could happen in, in our world. Which is, I think there's really some interesting implications and, and stuff with this in the real world of like, these, like you said, these guys are not Imperials. They're not like stormtroopers. They're not the ISB out there. Um, they're kind of just cops, right? But yeah, they're all working towards the same system, aren't they? Like these guys are part of it in a big way. And they're still doing, you know, in in buying the company line, and just doing what they're told, they all support the same system, which I yeah. think is interesting. And uh, so, in this character, what's his name? His name. His name. I got it written down. His name is Cyril Karn. Cyril Karn. Uh, he's like a super diligent, like intense worker. He's down for the cause. He's almost like the guy who all his coworkers kind of hate being around. His superior is like, all right, man, whatever. 
He stayed up all night. He's like, eh, make it look like an accident. Nothing. Make him. They did something heroic or something. And like, even he understands. Like, yeah, these guys were do. They're they're doing shit they're not supposed to do in places that we're not supposed to have. So like, if we actually make this a big deal, that's gonna come back on us. So just say it was some whatever. Make it heroic, but not too heroic. Let's just make it go away. Yeah, this guy. And, he leaves, and he's like, actually, I'm gonna not do that. <laughs> yeah, his superior's been around the block enough to realize exactly what's happened here. Is like he says, they picked a fight with the with the wrong guy, basically, and they lost, <laughs> which and they paid for. It. And that's that's really all there is to it. There's no like grand. He can see pretty quickly. There's no grand conspiracy to it. There's no like threat. This isn't like a serial killer or a, anything other than just yeah. These guys were drinking and they were fighting and they lost the fight. Mm-hmm. So he's like, this isn't really a thing that warrants further investigation. And I'm leaving. I'm going on my uh, conference here or whatever it is. So don't don't look into this obsessively with the free reign that you're about to be granted. All right, bye. All right, bye. <laughs> have the front of this free reign. But I mean, obviously he does. That's exactly what yeah. he gets right up to. There's a, there's a couple of fun. There's a fun scene when uh, he's talking to like three of the main deck people who are working. And they're all like eating and just hanging out. And he's like, "Oh, we're gonna get overtime." He's like, "Well, we better." And I'm, I'm gonna do it. And he's like, "Well, if you don't get paid, what are you doing?" They're talking. He's like, "Oh, he's here." And so they all like ship up and like pretend to be working. And they like he threatens someone got this job. He's like, "Yeah, go track through this whole night." And he's like, "That take forever." He goes, "All right, fine. Then I'll make someone else do it." And he's like, "All right, man. I guess I'll do it." I'm like, "Well, yeah." Stop being this way. So he's uh he's kind of a I mean, he's just kind of a prick. Yes, uh, but he's a another guy on this like spectrum, I think. Yeah. Uh which is I I don't honestly like he's another one who's caused a bit of discourse of like how evil is this guy, right? Should we feel anything to him? And I think the show wants us to empathize maybe in this kind of with him just a little. Like again, this is the type of thing where yes, he's he's basically like a a junior Nazi. <laughs> Right. He is part of this uh, this group, which is like basically uses force to intimidate and like subjugate the people all in service of the larger like imperial thing, which is just, as we know, this great big fascist empire. Right. That is all true. But also this guy is a guy and his motivations are not just to be a mustache twirly villain type dude. Right. No, he's not a tiny buddy to train tracks. Yeah. He thinks it's he's doing his right. He genuinely believes in like law and order. And again, like we said, if if we ag- agree with the premise that what Cassian did is not 100% correct, then like, well, that means it was kind of wrong, which <laughs> if it was wrong, that this guy kind of kind of has a leg kind to stand right. on and yeah, yeah, and so far as like what Cassian did was wrong, it probably shouldn't be allowed to just happen. You can't just kill people, right? Again, it, unless you just go right down the whole like, well, those guys were all part of the system, and so they're all just deserve death. If you can look past that, then like, yeah, this guy has is kind of right. Cassie murdered those mm-hmm. two guys, and so his at least the early stages of what he's about here is kind of justified. Like, there's no reason not to try to find the guy who, who killed the two people again, other than like the whole like, well. There's, it's probably fruitless, right? But as it turns out, yeah. it isn't fruitless. Like, he gets some good leads and stuff. Yeah. Well, he gets a very good lead when uh, Tim's just being a dickhead. Yeah, so, well, there's, so yeah. we got Tim. So, basically, back on uh, on, on Ferrix there, um, Cassian and and Bix are, like, meeting and having all these discussions trying to, trying to set up this deal. And Tim gets a little suspicious because um, he's like, what's, what's this? 
because basically because his girlfriend's lying to him, right? So Tim is the other one. If you could imagine, I, I think you probably had inklings of this, right, Jack? who yeah. is kind of a controversial, heavily discussed character already. And so far as right, what he's done and his motivations, all this, and what he's like. So basically the angle that a lot of people ran with immediately was just your classic, like jealous idiot boyfriend type thing. Like that's what a lot of people reduced him right down to immediately. It was just like, ah, classic, another man stepping all over a woman type thing. Uh, but again, I don't think that's what the show wants us to think about him necessarily. Right. Yeah. Um, maybe there's some of that, but he's, um, yeah, I, I think he's kind of got a leg to stand on really. When you think about yeah. everything that plays out from his perspective, right? I don't think that his main motivation is like pure jealousy. I don't, I don't think that's like, I think that's there to an extent. Right. Right. Of course. But if you actually like, look at what, what's going on, it's like his girlfriend is lying to him clearly. Like he's not a, he's clearly not enough you know, so much for more on that. He doesn't pick up on her just being like constantly brushing it off. Um, clearly his Bix's interactions with Cassian upset her. Like she, she's edgy about it afterward. Like they don't seem to be getting along super well. Right. Yeah. And like, like I said, I think we're meant to understand that everyone kind of knows Cassian's like a bit of a scoundrel. Yeah. He's all shifty. Um, it's repeatedly stated how he's a bit of a womanizer, apparently. So mm. from that perspective, again, there probably is some jealousy there, which while not like great, it's not ideal, is it? Like it's also just kind of a human response sometimes. Yeah. And then like when you add it on top of when that uh that like bulletin comes in there, right? It's a guy clearly matching Cassian's description who, yeah, literally did murder. Like I think when you yeah. I think when you add it all up, it's I don't know. I don't think what he does is so crazy. It's a, it's a reasonable track of logic that he would be like, well, he did something bad. He's doing something. And then it's like, oh, well, they want think they, they think he killed the guy. Hmm. Who's the guy? Who's the only guy I know from that planet that no one no, no one's really heard of? Right. And again, like, I, I don't I, I feel like a lot of people immediately wrote him off. It's like, ah, this is the this is like your jealous boyfriend type trope. But I really don't hmm. know if that's if that's all there is to it. I think there's a genuine argument that like, why wouldn't he think that she was generally caught up in something bad in like she was in danger? Like, I think that's just as reasonable as a thing. I don't think it was just like, oh, they're probably kissing and I don't like that. Yeah. So I'm going to get him arrested. He's probably like, there's something she's not telling me. She's like, again, like, and I, and a lot of people got hung up on, are they really dating or what, what, what is the, what is the actual nature of their relationship? And I think regardless of, of that, yeah. he definitely cares about her regardless of what right. their actual deal yeah. is there's no doubt about that right so again from mm. his perspective i think it's all kind of reasonable because he could just as easily be like maybe cassian's pressuring her into something maybe the reason she's nervous about us because she's trying to like protect me because she's been caught up in something genuinely like dangerous and he's being threatening mm. and that's why she's upset when yeah. she talks to him so i yeah i don't know i don't think he's so bad i think i think tim's all right in a lot of well, ways He's all right, and he's gone. Uh, yeah. Spoiler alert, he gets gunned down in the street. And I think that shows like how much he does care about her and that he all he had good intentions, ultimately, right? Yeah. That he foolishly ran at a bunch of cops with guns, basically, and they just killed his ass for it. So mm -hmm. he wasn't all bad. And, like, no. again, his, his basically his big crime was not realizing that the cops were not good, which is a forgivable thing, I think. Yeah, yeah, right? Like... We all kind of wish and the that, cops were good. <laughs> we all we all hope and pray they are, but yeah, varying levels of de varying degrees. Uh, so, so intercut with a lot of this stuff that we've been talking about, these scenes, is Cassian's time on his home planet of 
Canarian? Canari, which is a mid, we found out is a middle rim planet, which was an imperial mining facility that had a big accident, like it blew up or something. And uh, he is down the planet. There's like a like a kind of like an indigenous tribe kind of situation. They all speak a language we don't get translated. They speak I think it's cool. Huh? The what are your thoughts? Yeah, on that? um, um, it's I, I think it's fine because it's not meant to like. We're not going to spend a lot of time with these characters. Yeah. Like, it's not like a storyline. It's just a backstory. Yeah, I think it's interesting. So not, like, I think it's an interesting yeah. thing to do. Oh, apparently, people were freaking out about someone. There was like literally this this like viral tweet or viral enough at least among Star Wars people that people were making fun of where this guy thought that there was like a glitch. He was like tweeting at Disney Plus to like, "Hey, could you guys fix this so I can understand what they're saying?" <laughs> Whereas you know, it's it's obviously very much intentional it's supposed to be that way. um i think it's cool i think it's a, a fun vibe that it portrays um yeah i really liked these scenes actually in the way they unfolded across these three episodes where we kind of like piecemeal get learn more and more about this situation yeah because um, at first i don't know about you i thought they were genuinely like one of those i thought the, the scenario we were dealing with here was that they were just totally like an untouched tribe right of some kind mm-hmm. on this planet that they were like a uh, i don't know like a pre-industrial or like what is, what is it what's pre like um pre-agriculture yeah i guess like a pre-agricultural society of some kind on this on this planet to to whatever extent it's kind of it kind of gets funky with star wars because it's like well they should be because like all humans came from somewhere in star wars uh but yeah. whatever that's not really the point so i was like okay they're just probably this i guess they're just like this uncontacted like tribe like that's interesting that's cool enough um, mm-hmm. But there's kind of all these little bits that like unravel as you go along, right? Um, first and foremost, I think one of the big things that jumps out to me pretty early is that there's no adults, right? Yeah, I was just thinking about that. I was trying to think like if there are any adults present, but there, I don't think there are. I don't think so. I think very much intentionally. I'm pretty sure and it's like a Lord of the Fly situation. Yeah, so like that's and that's not a thing we get explained at all in this these first three episodes. So we'll we'll have to see how that unravels. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is like and and on. Like in retrospect, you can definitely see stuff throughout this episode, which suggests this. But you realize maybe in the second or third episode, um, they are. This is not like some kind of like uncontacted, uh, unspoiled, uh, you know, planet. planet. There was yeah, some kind weird. of presence here. The mind, yeah, the mind. Yeah, the mind. About. Well, like I guess, yeah, it's weird. Again, I'm sure we'll probably get a little bit more details of this, but that was Imperial, right? And because of this era, we know that that wasn't when Cassian was a child, and those sort of like the stuff that they saw there was not Imperial, right? It was something yeah. else. Uh, but it also seems kind of abandoned in his time, right? Yeah. Again, and like there's so, all these things of like, what? yeah, again, why is there only kids and stuff? And then the kind of the big development that really shakes things up for him, right, is the ship yeah, is the arrival of a, uh, a ship, which the, these kids don't seem to really understand right yeah they're very like they yeah they don't seem to get it at all he's one point that really like stood out to me said he like he goes in the ship like eventually he finds his way well they was oh let's actually we should do it in order so they go out and they go like a hunting party they all like put like markings on their face and stuff and they have these like these tubes that are like blow darts and they go out and they find the ship and they find a bunch of the crewmates who are all yellow skinned yeah like just bright yellow for whatever reason i don't know if they're well, so that's kind of, of already so- a there's already like theorizing going on around that so okay so they're not like a species we don't know um okay there's kind of two camps i've seen one that they're just aliens right they're just a yellow skin alien species which is not certainly not the 
strangest thing that's ever happened in Star Wars, right? Right, of course. Um, but the other side of it is that maybe they were all humans, and the yellow is something else. Yeah, with the ship. With the ship and the gas and stuff. Mm. There's clearly, again, I think this is a thing that we should hopefully learn more about. Or it'll just remain mm. vague, just for because why not? But there's something going on there, because they have separatist symbols on their uniforms. But when uh, later on, we're kind of jumping around here, but later on, some characters identify them as Republic officers. And so there's right, yeah. there's there's something there. Either, I mean, I guess it could just be somehow a massive oversight, but that seems unlikely to me. Right. Yeah. I should hope not. Usually pretty on top of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So there's maybe something at play with that whole that whole situation. Yeah. And well, then he gets into the ship. So, like, the someone was alive and they kill one of her friends with, like, a, with a yellow laser gun, which means it's. I think right the laser the yellow blaster beams are like expensive. Is it? it like is go, it a yellow blaster no. bolt? It's not red or blue, and it's not green. I think it's yellow because I I because right. I, I don't I know. Leave it. I, uh, but they gun down they're like the leader of them, like the seem, oldest. Yeah, girl. seemingly the eldest of them all. And then they just light this guy up with darts, and it takes a couple for him to go down. It takes quite a he few. Goes they pin cushion that guy for for sure. Yeah, and then they take her leave, and and Cassian stays behind. And he like walks to this weird ship he doesn't understand, and he sees his reflection and like freaks out and starts breaking everything. Yeah. So I'm like, do you know what a mirror? You've never seen yourself? He like he's like he's finding the center of his maze. It's like you a host or something with. But it kind of makes on, sense, man, right? Yeah. Based on the life they seemingly lead, he probably has he's never no- seen that clear of a reflection. Of, right? It's like the difference between like oh a lake, like seeing myself in a reflected in a pool of water, or you know. An actual glass. mirror, yeah, like glass. Yeah. Like, there is a distinction there. All right, I'm I'm watching the scene right now. Let's see. They really, they yeah, they light him up with these darts, huh? Oh yeah, they get him. He doesn't get any of the. He doesn't kill any of the kids. Oh, it is. Darts are getting. No, you're right. It's like a. It's kind of orange. The blaster bolt is. I don't know what the. I'll see if I can find some real quick on it. But yeah. Um. And so yeah, he gets in there and he's. You he said he just doesn't like his own reflection, which is curious. Yeah, for sure. Loose back around to find out that that's where he meets. Um, what is it? He meets that lady who's living with whose name is such with M. I don't remember her name. It's like Marva. Mm-hmm. Marva, and uh, so Marva is like getting scrapped with this other guy and the and B two, and they find him and they sedate him and they just take him with them on their ship. Uh, they kind of steal him from his people. Yeah, because <laughs> she thinks and that I, the Republic basically will will kill them when they arrive. Yeah, it's pretty full on, but. Yeah, I mean, they might be right, though. They yeah. Just a bunch of these weird feral kids Honestly. who, like, are clearly dangerous. Uh, and then uh, that's the ship he's, like, living in. Like, it's a it's a ship we see throughout. Like, it's shown that that's the ship they're flying away. It's a ship he comes to, like, kind of live in as, like, a second home. Like, it's, like, his a weird apartment he keeps all his stuff at. Mm-hmm. And he lives with his, like, surrogate mom later on as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, so that's, yeah, she's his adoptive mother, basically. And the other, the guy who's, I don't even know if we know his first name yet, what we learn came to be his adoptive father right so there the andors that's where cassian gets his surname because you know in the in the flashback stuff we only ever see see him referred to as casa right which clearly mm-hmm. kind of evolves into cassian but yeah it's cool i saw a thing with diego luna where she was talking about uh i don't know if he was directly referencing this but it just it came up in a in an interview at one point he said something effective like well cassian andor sounds different than everyone else in star wars right which is probably true i don't know if there's anyone who has like you know diego luna's accent prominently in a star wars thing and yeah. so he's like we kind of you know so like why is that why does cassian sound different for everyone and so this is kind of the, the way is like well he spoke a totally different language that yeah. almost no one else in the whole entire galaxy would ever speak 
which is all right. Some, some like weird kid language y'all made up with each other. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Perhaps. Uh, and so uh, the cops start to close in on him, and he's trying to get this box. The whole thing with Bix is he's trying to sell this box, this box he got. That's like an Imperial and way by what the hell is it? An NS9 thing? star path unit. It's a star path unit and it's got like, oh, the seals aren't broken. It's all its crystals are it's in got, tip top shape. It's got all the crystals and, and yeah. And um, so he's trying to like, okay, unbroken go call, go call Stellan Skarsgård and tell him to come here and buy this from me. So she does. Yeah. Well, so it turns out that her contact was, was Stellan Skarsgård, Luthen, Luthen Rail in this. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, he's rolling up, which I guess it took me way too long to to put two and two together i felt like an idiot because at first i oh, was in that ship and yeah, like, i was like ah, oh, i was like oh interesting here we have uh stone scars go we're still in scars guard going this should be cool and i'm like oh it's the he's going to the same place but other oh, maybe yeah, potential I, then i'll admit I'll, I'll have the moment too i was like i wonder will he'll factor <laughs> in and i was like oh it's just it's just the place that cassian's at it's where all the characters are of course so maybe, he's got to meet cassian right. to get him on board that's good, then i'm glad we're on the same page there we're both equally dumb with media literacy and that's sometimes. where and that's why this this whole thing works isn't it works so well so i did like uh when he's introduced that guy who just won't stop talking to him it's like oh you yeah know, back i'm gonna remember when you could just you know park your ship real up closer and you have to pay a thing <laughs> and now they're gutting you for all it's worth oh he's like all right man whatever they get, stop they get you coming and they get you going don't they <laughs> They charge you up and down to this place. Ah, oh, am I right? And he's like, I, I really. And he's like, at the, he's just such a like a don't fucking talk to he me. Totally he totally does. Like, oh. He he does not hit it back at any point in the slightest. And this guy runs with it all, anyways. He's like, ah, friend, this guy clearly wants to talk to me. Let me stick closer to him as he stares menacingly out the window of our little transport unit. Yeah, he looks almost actively angry, honestly. <laughs> but sure, like I said, no, that is fun. It's a good bit of little levity. And again, even that stuff is like, that's some good dialogue. There's some good chat going on. Honestly, no offense, right? Because, uh, you know, God love him and all. But I, I've seen a lot of jokes this week about um, how, like, the dialogue being so good is is honestly almost runs counter to most of Star Wars, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's known for its bad and clunky dialogue. Like, people joking, like, this is this goes against everything George Lucas ever stood for. <laughs> like, Because <laughs> that was, yeah, not his strong suit at all, was it? So no, not even the slightest. But yeah, it's good stuff. That's it really is. Gosh. Uh but so and then all the yeah, all the pieces kind of fall into place here, right? So the corpos roll up because they've gotten a lead on him because of the because of Tim ratting him out and yeah. the all those other stuff. And so they're like, all right, we're going. And we get the we get Sergeant Mosk, who's cool. I like him. Um just as a just a guy. He's, like he's, he's again. He's real gun. He really is. Again, it's one of those things where, like, yes, 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 he's 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 a bad dude. I get it, but his character is very fun. I like that they're like they they're on the same energy level, right? Yeah, that they're matching they're matching vibes in that way. Everyone he's been with so far is just like, oh my god, this guy's this guy's he's so extra. Can't y'all just come on? We're just trying to collect a check here, man. Why you gotta? Why you gotta? I get paid. Come on, why you gotta take it all so seriously? Oh gosh, who cares? A couple dudes got in a bar fight. Oh, come on, man. Lay off, would you? And then this guy's like, "It's a, it's, I'm, it's a, it's a great thing you're doing this, sir." It's like it's it's uncounted. Yeah. He's like saying the same exact things he was saying. He's like, "Sir, if if we didn't if we didn't take it if we didn't do it, it'd be unconscionable." He's like, "That's what I that's what I said. It'd, it'd be unconscionable, yeah, wouldn't it?" It'd be terrible. We we've got to show him a show of force. Get the people knowing we're there. Not nah, great. What you of love course. to hear out of your law enforcement, isn't it? Ah, uh, yeah, sir. They need to know to fear us. They need to remember. <laughs> You remember how terrible we are. And so they roll up at the same time that um, 
Luthen is closing in basically to to meet up mm-hmm. with Cassian, and they have my favorite little like scene of this whole these these three episodes here is when Cassian and and Luthen meet, right? Yeah, it's um to me it's a very like classic, you know, almost bordering on like cliche like recruiting kind of scene, right? One of these moments yeah, of yeah. like, hey, I've seen what you can do, and you've got some you've got some potential there, but I can really show you how it is, huh? Like, like take you to the want, next level. Bro. I can take you to the next level, man. Like you can just keep doing this or whatever. Like you can just take the money if you want, but I can I can give you something real here, right? Like there's some some great great dialogue in this scene with um something that was interesting that I that he brings up is that like, hey, remember you know if they caught us, I'd be hanged in the square like right? your dad. And I'm like, Whoa, they're doing hangings in Star Wars. It feels like it feels worse, like the old, right? Yeah, like I would have thought they would have just like put you in a chamber and vaporized it instantly. Oh, right, exactly. Well, like, but no, like, like not get the rope. We're gonna get like a tree or something. Right. It's like, well, that's the that's, thing. We yeah. we kind of think of not even kind of. We consider hangings to be pretty. I'm I don't barbaric might be a strong word for it. I mean, archaic, but they're pretty us. archaic even now for us, and we don't live in Star Wars times, do we? No. It's not Star Wars times so, yet. Like they're they're definitely that's like that's to send a message, isn't it? Like one hundred percent. Like yeah, that's that's full on to know that Cassian's dad was hung or he was hanged. Um, like geez, um, but they come and they terrorize his mom, which is really upsetting. That's probably the be- worst thing that um, he does. This thing, right? Like yeah. mostly, you, you can kind of be like again, like oh, yeah, you can kind of see where he's coming from. He's just trying to like bring this killer to justice, the- which is. Again, objectively true. He's trying to bring a killer to yeah. justice. Uh, but when when you're like roughing up an old lady, that's that's not on, is it? Lady's like with a cane, hopping around with a busted droid. This is some classic police brutality stuff of like, let's just shake down your room. What if we just ruined your house? Is that going to make you talk? Do you think? Yeah, we should throw everything everywhere. Oh, we'll stop if you make us talk. We're just going to destroy everything you own. Super shitty. Super shitty. I, Jack, yeah. I, I you know what? I'm just going to say it. A cab. All corpos are bastards. All corpos are bastards, at least. At least that much is true. That might no, that won't be the title. <laughs> well, we'll work on it. We'll think about it. You mull that over. We'll, we'll workshop it. We'll work so and then so they have that they're having this discussion at the same time. It's all these things kind of coming together at once. Um and he's got some Luthan's got some good stuff, which is like it's not always gonna be like this. Like, which is stuff we talked about from some of the trailers, I think. There's some similar vibes. I don't know if this exact monologue type thing made it in here but this stuff of like it's not always going to be like that like it's going to get it's only going to get worse right like we're kind of in this lawless period right now where you can still get away with this but if we don't do something this this like iron fist that they have is only going to come down tighter and tighter right absolutely which is the class that's you know this kind of harkens back to like the line in uh a new hope leia says at one point that like the harder you you grip um, the more star systems slip through your fingers or some some of that effect to Tarkin, which is like, you know, again, we talked about this with the trailer. That's the Empire's whole problem that like they are all too arrogant to understand is that like you're just you're all so horrible that like you you're only ever going to make people want to rise up like. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, you know, it's only going to get worse from here. Like, so do you want to actually like fight these bastards? Like, do you want to actually do something real? Is that, again, which is like a very classic type uh type idea conversation right to be mm-hmm. like ah oh, you're doing all right here kid but couldn't you don't you want to see what you could really do don't you want to really do- yeah, really open up and really get moving what if you could i interest you in that at all and there's that uh 
we get the whole like line from the you know the whole scene of the line from the trailer where he's like he's like all right cassian tell me tell me how you did it like how did you get this like this was hung up this was locked in the vault on the and the whatever he says the naval base on blah blah blah. how did you get this like really he's like you think i'm going to tell you my secrets or whatever and he's like hey i'll give you i'll literally give you more money if you just tell me just tell me yeah and he's and then he's got that cool line from the trailer where he's like i just walk in that you just pretend like you belong and they're all so smug and satisfied that they can't even imagine that someone would try that and so it just works and it's like god like that's the thing that that's always that will always be their downfall in like you know at least in the ideal world of the idealistic world of star wars is like the bad guys are too arrogant and that's why they can't win is because they're always going to underestimate you they couldn't conceive they can't conceive of losing so they'll never win mm-hmm. which is great so it's and then it's that again kind of classic idea of when it comes down to it they're like the the box isn't important leave the box i, I really came here for you like that's not important what, what's important is what we're going to do now like the work we're about to get moving here yeah that was just kind of a you know the ancillary yeah, thing that was just kind of the excuse to get my get my foot in the door here but really i was i was actually about you casting because i think we can get some work done i was i think you're someone special and like guys like you are hard to find and i think we could really get something done here Right, and I think it's everything about Cassian, like both his clearly his skill and like his ability and the, and the stuff he's able to do, but also with all the the stuff that he has got seemingly from I would assume from Bix, right? Like yeah. all this details he knows about Cassian's life. He's like, oh, this guy's life circumstances would mean that he has as much of a reason to dislike the Empire as anyone, and all that means he's going to be a good recruit for what I have going on here. Yeah, my little my little team with Saw Gerrera before he goes <laughs> absolutely bonkers. That's all going to be. It's all good, and so they. He has a moment. Where he's like, you know what? All right, I am. I'm gonna come with you. I'm gonna. I'm, I am the Cassian Andor. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> Let's go. And so, uh, it kind of culminates in like the action, the action sequence of these three episodes, really, oh, which yeah. is them trying to escape. And this has got like really a really great moment of, uh, of like the whole whatever town there. Um, like banded together to just kind of say like fuck you <laughs> to the corporal guys right yeah which is really cool um and even though all that stuff i was saying earlier right that like they all kind of are like cassian you're kind of a kind of an asshole you're kind of a dog of a guy <laughs> like we don't we're not a big fan of everything you're up to but when push comes to shove right they're like well no nah, cassian's one of us and these are the fucking Wait, cops like the fucking cops coming in here trying to act all tough and there's this really, you know, that really cool thing where they all have these, um, I don't know, like chimes. Yeah, like metal pieces that are banging just on. Spread all throughout the city. Everyone's got one seemingly, and they all just smack on them. And there's that, yeah, that great moment where the lieutenant is like, "What are they doing?" He's like, "Oh, it's just, it's just intimidation, sir. Don't worry about it. It's, uh, it's nothing." And there's a really great moment where they've got two of them that they left with his mom to hold her up, basically. Mm-hmm. And she, <laughs> she gets all like, uh, kind of grim with it, and it's like, you know, it's, it's. Just keeps going. It makes you wonder, right? It kind of makes you think. What are the What are they up to with the banging? And they're all like, "Shut up! Stop talking! Stop talking!" Like you, you, you're wondering, aren't you? What is it? What's the deal with all the banging? They're like, "Shut up, old woman!" And she's like, "What you really got to worry about is is when it stops." And then the guy's like, "What? What? What happens when that stops? <laughs> what happens? Tell me! Tell me!" And then it stops. Yeah. And uh, those guys like literally run out of their house. <laughs> Like terrified, which is great. Like that's super fun. Right. Turns out everyone's on like his his buddy Brasso there, who's the the nice respectable worker. Um, did a bit of sabotage. 
and they just kill I mean, that he's, guy. He's it's it's tough. Um, yeah, I think they well, I think they kill that guy because you're like, well, that guy already shot a doing a man down the street. So oh, no, that guy, we're allowed that, to, story right. wise, we're allowed to kill 100%. him. That guy's no, yeah, no sympathy for him. Um, but I, Ek Johnston. That was one of the things she said in their tweet is that she did like the dynamic between Brasso and, and Cassidy, even though we get almost nothing of it, which mm-hmm. is like, what, what, yeah, they're the clearly Brasso is literally willing to kill for Cassian. Like, that's interesting. Um, cause he mostly yeah. seems like a respectable kind of just trying to mind his own business, just do, you know, do some honest work type of guy. But then when a push comes to shove again, he's like, he'll kill a man. <laughs> yeah, he'll just kill him. And even earlier before that, when Cassian's like, you gotta, you were, He's like, what did you do last time? He goes, oh, I did this. He goes, no, well, yeah, well, you did this, this, and this with me. And then, like, without saying, like, mm, what are you doing? He just, like, continues the story. That's true. He's like, oh, and you're doing, well, you know, you fell, and this happened. Like, adding more that Cassie didn't think of. He's a good... And being like, all right, see you later. And he goes up to his glove job. He's a good friend. I've got my... <laughs> Let's go. He's a real ride or die, which you got to respect. You, we, we need more Brassos in the world, I'd say. We all need a Brasso. Um, but, yeah, and... Everyone kind of helps out in some way. There's the the dad and the son team. Um, oh, they get Bix because she's like she's running, and so they decide to take her captive. Just, just yeah. Even for them, it doesn't. It's kind of a weird moment because it's like, what the hell are they doing that for? Like that does. It is one of the weaker. I feel like little writing things of because I just I really couldn't help but think like, why are they doing it? Like they have they actually have a thing that's important. The fact that these guys are like stopping to like waste time in this street to like mess around this lady rough up this lady for no good reason like even for them it felt kind of just like shitty but i guess what are you gonna do a cab right so and then that's when yeah good mate misunderstood tim rolls up and again he clearly does like because he's like hey hey don't do that and they just kill him he shoots him got him down like a dog in the street even the other the one cop guy is like yo That's too far, man. Oh, man. You did not need to shoot that guy. Holy shit. Go back to the ship. Give me your gun and run back to the ship, you loser. Go go die from, from sabotage, I think. And then she just to sit there and like watch. Just she's, she's like tied to the wall and they run away from her after they kill. They're like, all right, we got to get moving. They leave her there. Mm-hmm. They don't like detach her from the wall she's attached to. She just like just stare at her boyfriend's dead it's, body. It's real tough. Someone comes in, like finds her and lets her go. It's like, Jesus. But so, yeah. I guess they had to, like, that scene clearly suggests that they really did. They they both cared about each other too enough because yeah she was very upset by it she wasn't just like oh no my my fuck buddy she was like oh she was very upset so and again the fact that he was yeah. willing to do that suggests that he really cared about her too so that's tough it's just a it's an unfortunate misunderstanding it's one of those things where like we can be because we have the audience we are the audience right we can be like oh he made the wrong choice Cassian's the good guy but it, but he doesn't know that he's in the story he's the storyman he's within the story. He has no way of knowing. So you really can't blame him. And it's just kind of an unfortunate situation, which again is one of the cool things about like the writing of the show is that, and I've saw a couple of people say this, I totally agree is that everyone acts in a totally sensible way for the most part. All these characters make decisions that make sense for them. Whether you agree with them or they're right or whatever is, is not the point, but they all act sensibly, which is always Mm -hmm. good because the worst you know the worst thing in stories is when people seemingly just do stuff for yeah just no reason that'll just random totally you know totally take you out of it sometimes so it's good there's not a ton of that yeah so i think that's kind of most of the episode they do some explosions they get uh we do some we do some tactics and they trick them get the lieutenant guy at gunpoint at one point oh yeah they i I noticed they made careful to uh keep uh Stalin's character in shadow yeah like you can't see his 
face. So like he, so he can keep doing his, as you saw in the trailer, his like, oh, sycophantic um, aristocrat kind yeah, of. Yeah, He can keep that in cover. Well, they do a bit of uh, good cop, bad cop, right? Because he's yeah. just right away just like, nah, just kill him. <laughs> just get rid of him. He's also got a big spear, like a sword yeah, spear he's thing. He's got like a walking stick, yeah, staff thing. I don't know what that's about. And then, yeah, this lieutenant guy, um, Cyril, there, he just like fully gives gives over. He by the end of this episode, he totally unravels, and he's clearly not cut out for this. Um, and he gives he gives yeah, up he, the game. I really like when even the hard because again, um, that Sergeant Moss guy, he he does seem to have a head on his shoulders. He knows what's up, right? The they only do as well as they they do through this, you know, because of that guy. He's carrying the whole thing, right? The lieutenant's really yeah, just yeah. along for the show, which, as I understand things, uh, is is about accurate in in, a, mm-hmm. in an NCO officer dynamic. <laughs> so, but even he, when the when the chimes stop, right, he's like, "Oh shit, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> I don't care for this." And that's the other thing. Yeah, he says shit, which is what a what a time, huh? What a time to be alive. Also, with think time to be alive. When um, Bix and Tim have the little night together, she gets up and she talks about coffee. She goes, any calf? Yeah. I was thinking, is that the first time we've heard of coffee in Star Wars? A lot of firsts, I think. It's not the first time I've heard of calf. It's definitely an established thing that ca- coffee is... Okay. Ca- calf is just coffee. Right, of course. That's <laughs> yeah, it's Star Wars coffee. Star Wars space coffee. But I did see people making a big deal about... I, I do think this is the first time it's been in a... The live action Just thing? Certainly a live action thing, I do believe. I'm, I'm trying to think if it, it's been on probably an animated show. I got to imagine they mentioned Kath at one point or another. But yeah, it's one of those things that people are like, ooh, it's like when they mentioned Refresher in uh, The Mandalorian. It was the first, it was like the first on-screen actual mention of the bathroom, which is the thing they use in mm-hmm. books, right? The novels always have more of these weird little details and stuff. Right, because you got to describe what they're yeah. doing. So I think Kath is definitely a books, book thing and whatnot. So it was, that is a fun fun carryover because it's just like you just mm. again you just vaguely change the word and we're all like good enough star wars coffee good enough they don't and they never have to explain it right we all just know he's like i'll put a pot on it's literally just like oh yeah, yeah. Co- okay and you just and you just make it the same way probably and and we don't who cares who cares it doesn't matter sounds, sounds weird enough i suppose calf it is baby <laughs> um but yeah and um, then i like to the very end of this well so it's they do some explosions they load up a uh speeder with just like all the rest of his bombs and they really get them they really get the uh the corpos oh yeah and then cassian gets on um i just want to say with this with the explosion oh, stuff yeah. um i again i think it's an interesting moment because again i, f- I feel like i've uh maybe i've i've caveated this a little too much excessively but there is an element of even though he's the bad guy like this this end moment here it generally is kind of horrible right um, it's easy to be like, well, these are the these are the villains of this thing, yeah. but I, I don't know. They car bombed them, and like this guy's like, it's one of the first times. Um, I feel like where there's like a genuine portrayal of like some serious shell shock PTSD type stuff in a Star Wars thing, right? Yeah. Um, where this guy is like shaken and unreachable for this moment here because he's just seen his uh. I, a bunch of his guys just get blown, yeah. like just blown I was gonna up. Say for his friends, but they're not really his friends. But his men, his his subordinates, who he was responsible for, yeah, literally exploded by again what is essentially a car bomb. And like, yeah, it's easy to to be that he's just the villain or whatever. I do think in again in this moment, if we're 
taken the show on its own terms, I think you're supposed to be like, yeah, that is kind of that is kind of horrible. Like that's genuinely horrific, right? It's one of those things where yeah. like, yes, they're the bad guys or whatever, but war is still horrible. Like, and yeah. it always should be. You can't just be like, well, it's the good th- guys blew up the bad guys, and so that makes it cool. It doesn't make it cool, yeah. does it? Like again, whether it's necessary no. or whatever is is kind of its own discussion you get into and and obviously in the case of star wars again it is clear cut enough to be like yeah yeah it's necessary to do all this on some level but it doesn't make it it does not make it good which i think is interesting so what do we think with cyril here i don't know i and i've after these first three episodes here i'm not inclined to go back and try to like overanalyze the trailers again i'm ready to just take this on uh as it comes and, and just really enjoy it yeah face value so i don't recall and i like i said i haven't looked but do we think he's gonna come back um because i could kind of see it going one of two ways here it's just like he was just a first three episodes kind of character for this for this little thing or yeah this could galvanize him i guess one of two ways right this could be like a a revelatory moment for him where he's like huh maybe we're the bad guys like maybe why did everyone react like this right why did the whole this whole planet basically react so rally yeah rally against us when we showed up are we are we not good? Um, mm-hmm. Or the other side of it is obviously the, just the, hey, I was here to stop a dangerous criminal. It turns out he was way worse than I thought. I had to come to get him because he murdered two two of my men. Now he's killed many more. He's like a genuine, like violent, like revolutionary. Aggressive. Yeah. yeah. I think I got to get him. And even though this went poorly for him, um, I don't know. The Empire has generally seems to have a culture of, of falling up, basically. Yeah, well, following through at least, you know. I just, I just mean start. like in you can kind of fail and you just keep going upwards anyways in the imperial. Oh yeah. <laughs> so this guy's probably like they'll probably just be like ah good initiative though. Do you want to be a higher up? And so I could totally see the other you know angle could be that he he rises through the ranks and he becomes even more motivated and dedicated in all this and he becomes a genuine threat to to Cassian as as things go along. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? What do which way do we think he's gonna go? I think it could go. I think it's more likely to go um, like the one, like the second way. Well, yeah, just kind of become. I definitely don't think he's actually gonna come good in this. I don't think there's just gonna be like, ah, yeah. now I've reformed. I have said before about Star Wars, right? That all the Imperials either are just get worse. Yeah, they're basically just either um, unapologetically evil, right, unabashedly, and and just no no remorse of any kind, and they're just cartoonish villains for the most part, or the ones that have like some amount of like nobility in them are they just turn good eventually right and this i think he's kind of straddling this which again as we said he's kind of got some genuine reason the way that philly does and i don't think i should say like i don't think those are the only two uh ways it should go or has to go it's just th- that's pretty much all star wars has ever presented us i'm totally mm-hmm. on board for the idea of like somewhere kind of in the middle again you kind of have to a line of like not overly um you know you don't you can't be you don't need to be too overly apologetic or like for the for the villains for the space Nazis, but right, again to make a more like fleshed out and interesting character. And that's the other thing is like you're allowed to like characters without again agreeing with agreeing with them. Like, yeah, it's so that whole uh, intent and kind of, yeah, kind of exactly. Thing. But but to go back to your question, uh, I think that he'll probably be recurring. Like he'll be kind of in the background mm-hmm. and at crucial moments. It'll kind of like trip them both up. Like he might start to like break down. Um, I can't remember Stellan Skarsgård's character's name now. What's his name? So I don't keep calling him Stellan Skarsgård. I, I just lost it now. 
You just shoved it right out of my head. <laughs> Whatever, it doesn't matter. Sound Skarsgård. I think he might he might like start pushing up on like his little facade, and that's when like in the trailer when he's like, oh, I'm so tired of running. He, that might be like, all right, I'm done. Like it's fall, it's starting to fall apart. I'm far enough along. I got Cassian doing stuff. I'll just switch. We'll just me and Grand Mothma. We'll switch and we'll be down for it. It'll be fine. And I'll like kind of push Cassian, and there might be a confrontation at some point. Maybe uh, we got enough episodes where we got twelve. So oh, yeah, we got three fourths of the show left. So I definitely, I definitely hope he shows up more because I do think he's interesting. Um, I I do think it's kind of funny when everybody just thinks he's a shithead. Yeah, it's like, dude, come on. Uh, I like I definitely like when he was introduced when the guy's like, "What'd you do to your suit?" He goes, "Oh, I did a bunch of modifications <laughs> and some And you cut, and the guy and his like superiors just wearing a baggy ass like the jumper and he's like what the fuck man what are you doing like come on bro <laughs> like not even i take this shit that seriously um so yeah that's my answer to that no i i kind of agree i i like that yeah because we've seen i don't think he'll be the main villain because we've seen that um isb agent character right from the trailers and stuff yes, who i think yes. is going to be and yeah. and probably a more competent threat at that but i do like the idea that maybe we could see him in the background just like sporadically rising up and you're like oh wait now he's now he's a proper imperial officer like oh now he's in the isp like now he's doing all this i think i think it could be cool um right. although it'd be it'd be kind of fun if at every moment he's still like he tries um but he, he's, so he's still kind of incompetent yeah he's got all of the enthusiasm and just like none of the actual like practical ability yeah, none of the talent or the draw like yeah he just freezes up every time still and gets too nervous or Cassian just keeps out past like matching him in skill like even if he gets better it's he's like oh now i can do this Cassian's like well i'm like oh, i was already ahead of you so now i'm always going to be a little bit further than mm. you I'll never catch up to but me. again I, I totally see like from his perspective like that you kind of could understand why he could get an obsession with cassian and like that could be a part of this is that at every turn he's trying to like he's trying to chase him down right because he's like, again, mm-hmm. he murdered two guys, and then when he tried to bring him in for that, he killed a bunch more of his men. Like, going on a ramp. It's a pretty good reason to have a grudge. So, I think there's, there could be something cool to that. Yeah, I think so, too. So, got any more thing to say about this? I think we covered it pretty thoroughly. Um, just the very end is, like, there's this, uh, which, again, is obviously throughout these first three episodes, but it's intercut with him in the past and him in now, and it's when um, Marva and, and his dad there took him off of the off of uh Sonari, is it it? When he was a child. And then intercut with him and, and Luthen taken off from from Ferex. Also, I want to say Luthen's ship, really cool. I like that he can talk to yeah. it. Um Yeah, and that too. I was like, where's his droid? I was like, oh it's the ship. Which is cool. It oh. feels like a thing we should have had in Star Wars, right? Like it's weird that th- I would have thought. So it's kinda cool that it's a uh it's somehow novel. Like it's just it's always weird when they, they can squeeze something like that. And you're like, wait, we have talking droids and, and we have and we have advanced spaceships, but I can't. It's very. It seems rare that we have a talking spaceship where the droids are just in there. Yeah, it's, um, it's kind of like the uh, like the mods thing. It's like, well, it's weird that we don't. Have, it's like, oh yeah, we don't have any cyborgs in Star yeah, Wars. That's weird. They don't have a, as many as you'd think of. Just people like yeah, yeah just, just doing it. Just droid cause. parts. Yeah, but it's called um in the subtitles called a Fondor ship brain or something to that effect, which is interesting. Oh. So Fondor is where. It's the Imperial shipyards where they make all the all the Imperial ships. So I, I it's interesting. I feel like there's got to be something. Oh, Zach, you've cut out. Thing to that. Oh, now you're back. Yeah, you, you like went quiet for a second there and just quickly sped up. Oh, uh, so just a bit of just a bit of lag. Yeah, just a bit of lag there. Okay, but yeah, his, his ships is cool. It looks cool. It's cool that it talks. That's hype. Oh yeah, 
Um, and so, Definitely. yeah, that's where we get up to. So the last thing I wanted to say is what do we think? So I listened back to when we talked about the last trailer and when it was revealed that it would come out this month and be three at once. And we were kind of like, why are they doing the three at once? That seems weird and dumb and unnecessary. Um, yeah. After watching it, I'm totally on board with it. And I think it was totally the correct yeah. decision. Because as much as I enjoyed these three episodes, I think they would have been less enjoyable spread out by a week between each one. Definitely. I think we mentioned... Like I mentioned way at the beginning of this episode, and I that it was going to be just his life, his early life, and like in a complete movie. I think this is also kind of a movie. It really in was, a sense. yeah. Like it, had, it was very clear, like he murders two guys, and it's the exact fault to that to kickstart the rest of the show. I think it was very smart, at least to intentional or not, to make it all three at once. One hundred percent. I totally agree. Happy accident at, at worst. Mm-hmm. Very smart at best. So no, I think really it, I think it was very intentional. I think they knew exactly what what they were doing. Like you said, told, it totally feels like a movie. Haven't seen it. I totally agree with those appraisals. It very much has the vibe of like a, yeah, like a three act kind of movie, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, it starts with this inciting event and the, all three episodes deal directly with that fallout and everything. And while it's not in origin in that, yeah, we don't see his like early life explicitly, right? We get some of that, but I think we will certainly get more of it as the series goes on i think that that stuff will very much be spread throughout it which is the thing i said i was like why are they doing it all at once why don't they spread it throughout the series they are i think they totally will be um having seen this because i mean just just down to the level that we know their stuff from the trailers that we didn't get in these episodes right so some young cassian stuff so there's that and then yeah it it definitely some of the episodes though because of that are not like this probably the middle one in particular maybe is not as engaging on its own it's because mm-hmm. it's this this larger narrative it totally makes sense to do it um, yeah but yeah it's not an origin of cassian it's th- but it is the introduction the kickstart of this series and like it's the origin of how he got involved in the rebellion clearly it's not the origin of how he came to be or whatever mm-hmm. it's, yeah it's how he got started with the actual events which is which makes more sense of course anyways um right right yeah, do we think what do we think about his his friends on Ferrix? Do you think any of those people are going to show up again? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of I could definitely definitely see that happening too. We might like reference back to them a couple times, like little glimpses, but I don't think that Cassian will go back for the till the end. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Like he's kind of off planet for a while just because he car- pulled an IRA and car bombed those people, mm-hmm. <laughs> car bombed those cops. The Imperials are I mean, none too happy. He's probably going to be like kind of on the run kind of thing or. Dealing around with they Stalin. probably even if he doesn't come back or whatever anyways they're probably going to be unhappy with his the people for helping him it's like this could be all kind of fall off from this yeah that's true i don't know i got the sense from i feel like from the trailers we thought bix was going to be a bigger character but i i could totally see them not having her show up again like she she was here to serve this role in this opening i don't know i really don't know like i said i didn't I didn't go back through and like comb the trailer to be like, wait, is that from this episode or a different episode? Does she show up again or not? Um, like, I like Brasso. I think he's cool, but I also I see him even less as a character who would like show up again. Yeah, yeah. like he's just again, he's just kind of a simple guy. Like, I'm just gonna stay here and do my keep my head down kind of thing. The thing, the difference with Bix is that she seems to have some involvement in Rebellion. Like, I did you get the sense that she knows who Luthen is? Because I I I think so, right? She doesn't. Yeah, she knows he's was, not just the whatever. The deal, yeah, I, I think at least a little bit. She's got a little bit more info. Maybe not the whole story, mm-hmm. but at least she like knows a little bit further than most people would that he presents. There's something she knows. There's something underneath. Yeah, I mean, I guess she could just be like a contact of his without actually being having any involvement or interest in it right. herself. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I think that's interesting. If if so, 
if if a lot of these guys i mean there is a lot of these the trailers that are in these first couple episodes right again a lot of the quotes a lot of the quote moments from the trailer the there's fermenting pockets of fermenting that's just said by you know that guy here and and again the, even right. cassian's cassian's speech there about stealing from them is all so all this so there's there's a lot we we don't know here um and we still got nine weeks that's the thing even having all these three right up front we still have a an entire yeah an entire mando season plus one <laughs> so it's very exciting like, like oh, i said yeah. up top i absolutely love this um i think it's the so i saw someone this week um which i i think you'll appreciate because you always love doing this bit to me but um that i would never do a bit what are you talking about Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> that Andor episode one two and three might be the the best star wars movie maybe <laughs> Hey, I mean, it's close contender. I do love Rogue One. Because you like doing a bit. Yeah, that bit. I mean, it's not a bit. I do believe that. Here it uh, is. (laughs) I mean, I do. like that. Like No, no, yes. But the bit is that you. There's still a bit involved. There's a bit. I play up up my insistence of it because I know it bothers you. Yes, that's the bit that we do. Yeah, that's the bit. But I mean, mean, you know what? Now that you've said it, it might be zero. It might be my zero Star Wars (laughs) It's one of the... You know, it... (laughs) It's a, it's almost one of the better it's Star Wars movie, isn't it? For Daniel Green, because like it's like it's like quintessential. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know if I go go so far as to say that, but I definitely think this is the best uh, premiere to any of the shows by like a 100%. massive margin, um, a huge margin. It feels it it feels unfair and too early to say it, but like it feels like maybe this is the best show they've ever done. It's yeah, it's honestly like be- incredible. It's, it's, just, it's just so it's just it feels like i'm not watching star wars i know we talked about how it's different but like i was thinking about that like while i was watching it, especially when they're having that conversation in the when cassian and I can't remember his fucking Luthen. name sounds like in the conversation when they meet each other it's like it doesn't it feels like it's like a show in star wars and not a star wars show which we talked we've talked about before being like that's maybe a good thing i that it's yes. not like a Dave Filoni, i need ahsoka in this because i wrote it brainchild with like holy shit it's it's mr bones or whatever the fuck 100 percent. yeah it's just like i just wrote a star Wars, i just wrote a, a story and then i put a little star wars bits inside of it and just now it's this i like 100 yeah. i had the exact same kind of thoughts like it's that's totally what it feels like is that he's just like i'm just gonna do a solid ass like narrative and it's just it's got the flavor of it and it's all it it certainly needs the Star Wars setting. It's not so abstracted from it all that it's just like, this could take place anywhere. Like, no. And it, obviously, yeah. as we go along, like the, you know, the interesting thing about this uh, premiere here is that the Empire is kind of like this looming thing that we don't see directly in the same way. Um, but as as it goes on and we get we get our stormtroopers and our everything, it's going to, you know, it's going to feel more fully in, in the world. But yeah, there's still a level of like, this is a, just a story like this. That's really feels like what they still have to do again. This, I, I don't know, man, Tony Gilroy. He, he really seems to like know what's up. I think I, I it's really cool because like, it's, it's not that he's like, yeah, it's not that he dislikes stars or anything. He's not pulling like a Zack Snyder on it, which is like, I'm going to yeah, come shake it up good. and I'm going to do it different. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to make it like you, you don't get, I'm going to show you why you're wrong. Basically. <laughs> As he and lies to America. Like no, he's all about Star Wars. I think. I think he 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 knows what's up. But then he's also got like he's got enough to be like you know. Though I'm I'm not. I don't need to. Yeah, I don't need to have the Ahsoka's and everything in it every six minutes. I'm gonna just do a thing. I'm gonna tell a story here. Like I think that's a really good balance to kind of strike. 
for making a Star Wars thing nowadays. It's like not too, not too reverent almost of like, isn't it like, you know, be, you know, feel, feel comfortable enough to kind of like play around with it in, in rock the boat a little bit as to like what it should be and, and mess yeah, what, with what counts as a Star Wars thing. Yeah, exactly. It's more of a Ryan Johnson approach, honestly. Um, and it's great. I don't know if you saw this week, but uh, apparently as a result of this, maybe the reception, or they pr- they probably already knew. It's probably just come out this week because of the premiere. Um, but Tony Gilroy is uh, doing another show. I think they already said they they got him lined up for that. Um, as well as uh, a movie, I think. Oh, a movie's nothing. That means nothing. <laughs> well, yeah. Based on... There's no Star Wars. Star Wars movies don't exist. See, okay, like those... I got. I just googled them real quick to try to find. It. And there's look at these quotes already. Okay, this says Tony Gilroy says he developed Andor as as if it wasn't Star Wars. So that's exactly that. Um, this one says Andor creator Tony Gilroy urged his team to put aside their Star Wars reverence. So <laughs> I think it came across. We clearly got the we got the memo right. I hope. I really wish. Like you know. In my head, I just imagine this is a goofy scene where he's like standing in a boardroom the first day of the writers' meeting, and all the writers are coming. And they all come with their Star Wars shirts and their mugs, and he rips them off their <laughs> bodies, throws their mugs against the wall, and he says, "Don't bring that shit in here." And he <laughs> just like, makes them wear like beige clothing. We're gonna. This isn't Star Wars. I'll decide how much stars in my show. And they weep. And our creator Tony Gilroy wanted his team to forget about their Star Wars nostalgia. <laughs> Yeah, I think he, I mean you might just the thing I just said. He, yeah, dude, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, that's that's exactly what we all just said. So clearly, we uh we got that it, it came through and and in a good way again. Good way. Um, someone someone said it as like um I think perfectly kind of summed it all up. Maybe we'll we'll leave it on this, which is um not I wouldn't want all Star Wars to be like this, but I am very glad that this is the way it is. Yeah. It's a nice change of pace. It totally is, New and it's, it's it really is like exceptional. And obviously, if they did everything like this, we'd probably less inclined to be like, "This is maybe the best show they've done." But as is, yeah. as it sits, this is pretty exceptional, man. I'm a I'm a big fan. Again, we were I was very hype, anyways, and it's it's kind of exceeded my expectation. I I absolutely yeah. love this, and I'm very very excited for the rest of it. It, I'm just worried. I just hope it nice. doesn't overtake Mando season three. It's got me, got me shaking in my boots. <laughs> I, love Mando. I, I, I can't forsaken it now. I know, see. right? I honestly, I had, I've had that thought this week of like, I don't know if it can be as good. Like, I don't know if it, it'll be, you know, it'll be good, and it'll be it'll, in different ways. No, we're gonna, we're gonna we're, no, because we're gonna get all of like, oh my god, it's Mandalore, and I think it's <laughs> good that those both. I think it's good that can, we have a universe where both of these things exist, right? That we have that, and I get to go, Ahsoka! Bo-Katan! Oh, holy shit! Krogo! <laughs> yes, it's Krogo again! Holy shit, it's Death Squad! Oh my god. But I, but I think on that note, I'll scream at Death Squad. We should act attack out, because we have other... Little dis- little yeah, yeah, I guess. We, we talk about other shows that we're in the middle of. Oh, All of them are like the middle of their seasons. Yeah, it's tough. So, let's do... How House we do the next? Dragon. No, we did we, we did house drink towards the beginning oh last time, right? Whichever, then then you decide. I was, oh, I was gonna, I was gonna decide. <laughs> that's why, that's why I initiated it. So, okay, you give me what I want. Uh, Louis of Power. Uh, so episode five, episode five. Uh, part partings. I actually learned the title for once. Because <laughs> it was one word. That's it was cool. the word parting. I almost said leave taking, like wheel of time. So <laughs> I'll be I'll be completely candid about that. So in this episode, uh, more happens. I would um, say, for some of them, 
Uh, for some of them. And in some cases, um, not much happens. Okay, so uh, wow. uh, I, have a, I have some umbrage with the Numenor uh, subplot in this because... Okay, perfect. Let's start there. I think that, that has the most, right? I want to say. I was going to say it does. It almost feels like it doesn't have much because I feel like when we last left Luminor, they had this like big like moment at the end with like a bit of like a mon like a like a musical like thing where we just kind of had a bunch of like shots of ooh what's going on where they all decided like you know what we're gonna go and then this was a whole episode where they were all like oh maybe actually not. And then you know where they ended this episode is they were like, you know what? We're going to go. And I feel like that didn't, we didn't move do much. <laughs> In a lot of ways, I feel like we didn't do anything. Well, the only thing we did is we did character stuff, we, right? We, for a, a second time, we do the Hellbrand. Just be a king. And he's like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Man. Maybe I shouldn't. She's like, fuck, man. We had a, I, I will say we did have, I really liked the Galadriel hell bring scene because i remember last week i echoed i was like god man Galadriel's really grinding on me because like she's just so intense and it's like all right I, I i i don't mind that that's her character arc but it's like a whole hour of just her being intense but then this arc where she's like literally crying like i i cannot stop fighting like i literally have to or i'm gonna like i just it's it like kills me mm -hmm. it's like all right that's that makes it a little bit better in my book at least i'm sure people will still have umbrage with it and i think to a point that is reasonable but for me at least her being like yeah my brother was killed and like i have to do this like i just need you to help me because i i need everything i can to stop this so i can just so i can just feel good about myself and like go to heaven and enjoy my life because mm. like it's like it's literally killing me more than anyone else because like like we said i think in the first or so that she remembers she's the only, she's one of the people who remembers the undying lands like she knows what's there for her and what she's missing out on so, like, she, more than anyone, more than any elf, even more than Elrond or the Kai King or whatever, knows what's at stake. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I said this to you before we started, but in the book, that's it's literally said. It is. I think that's an exact quote at some point from the book, is that she, want to, she wants to go to the Undying Lands more than anyone else, maybe. Like, literally. But she feels such a strong sense of duty here. And, and I told you how um, in the books and stuff, obviously in, in this show, they only really get into the one brother. But in the book, she has like four brothers, maybe, or something, all of whom die in the first stage fighting Morgoth. And it's because of that that she has such an ingrained sense of duty in regards to this of like, they all died like fighting for this place. I can't leave it voluntarily just because it's I would like to. Right. She doesn't leave, obviously until the end of the third age when Sauron is well and truly done forever, right? Like, and that's kind of the crazy thing about this is that all this stuff is going on. We know that Galadriel's, no matter what happens within this, in this series, right? She's strapped in for another 3,000 years on Middle-earth because right. it's important and that's what, that's what her whole thing is. And that's what she does for the next, for the next 3,000 years as she's trying to stop this because it's important. And like, yeah, it's good stuff, man. I, I, I totally agree. It's like her character totally understandable like if people made such a big deal that are like oh why'd she just jump off the boat and like what the what what she do why is she like this why she's such a grouch it's like i don't know because of the reason she she said because <laughs> of like big emotional character things with like her family mm -hmm. all right absolutely um what else is this uh isil door we talked also about off pod uh that before we started that a seal door doesn't it's, it's very weird what they're trying to do seal door's harder for me <laughs> It's harder because, for me. Yeah, we come to the realization that his character arc is that he doesn't follow through with anything. He doesn't do the right thing when he should. And it's like, oh, yeah, if you were writing a regular story, you'd end up being like, no, I'm going to do the right thing. But we know definitively 
that he fucks up. That he fumbles the bag in the worst way you can, and he doesn't learn anything. At the end of the day, he does the wrong thing. He does. He falls back on his old ways. Yeah. So we know where he is, we- and like this is the inherent danger with prequels, right? Um, but yeah, in this in this case in particular, we yeah we know where Isildur ends up. Um, directly. It's like a Darth Vader movie. In a, He's in got a some things it is. Yeah. Where. And not quite extreme, right? He's not literally evil. That's kind of the thing of Isildur. Like, that's one of the interesting things about it is that he, he isn't evil. Um, and he doesn't go fully evil. He is, he is not pulling a Darth Vader and killing kids or anything by the end. But he does make a pretty big mistake that is very notable and has really big ramifications for their whole situation. Which is, you know, spoilers for Lord of the Rings. But it's... <laughs> at Lord the, of the Rings. He gets the ring. And instead of destroying it when he had the chance, he is taken under its sway and decides that he'd rather have it and he takes it with him and all and that is what allows the ring to be lost for 3,000 years and almost you know run the danger of of coming back into the possession of Sauron and ruining everything and and dooming the entire world um so yeah it's it's just weird it's just tough for us to see like I and I feel that way about a handful of these characters to be honest um to some extent is like we we're gonna have to see seasons of this like development when it's like I know I know where we end though to an extent yeah so there's such a weird I I don't know I mean like I guess his character could just be like a I, I don't know like a cautionary thing of just like yeah people fail sometimes <laughs> they can never get so close like, no matter how close you get like you can always fall back on one day yeah. it's I mean almost very much like um. Not to compare it to something very real and tangible, but like in Euphoria, when like Ali is like, "Hey man, like it can get you every time." Just because it's been a long time doesn't mean it, what your voices get come around and get you when you're not looking. Yeah. So, um, so I guess it could be that. Like, nah, I, um, I said to you that people say that, that about Tolkien's world, right? That everyone is essentially good in a way that isn't necessarily true in other, you know, universes, other other fiction, or even in the real world, like. There is this very tangible sense in Tolkien's world that everyone actually is good if you just give them a chance to be. And the only time people are really evil most of the time is when there's this outside influence of, like, the actual dark side, essentially, right? And, uh, you know, I guess Isildur is an example of that, right? Like, he really only comes fully, like, bad and makes the the worst decisions when the ring has got him. Yeah, when the most evil object he's ever encountered is like in his hand. And that applies to lots of characters throughout the Lord of the Rings. Cause that's the whole point of it. But still, it's just, it's so weird. It's so weird. Cause it, it, you either go two ways. You either have Isildur be a fuck up the whole way through. And then you're like, well, of course Isildur is a fuck up all the way through. Cause he fucks up at the end and he's a fuck up. Right. Or yeah. do we have an arc where yes, over the course of this show, Oh, this series, he does get built up and you're like, Isildur come full circle. He's had a complete arc here. He's great. Like, he did it. Like, Isildur is this complete character, and he's sick. And then we just... But then it just... The show has to just end, basically, with him fucking up like that. And it's yeah, like, that's not satisfying. Like, it's very weird. I don't know how they're going to handle all that. I mean, like, in the same way that we know Ellen Deal just dies. Like, he dies He dies well. He dies heroically, doing the most important thing he could. Um, but we also know that Ellen Deal just dies. Right? Yeah, we exactly. know that Gilgalad dies for that matter, but it, it's weird. It, that really is kind of the danger of doing a prequel, right? Yeah. And uh, another, I did think I sealed those little bit of his friends was funny with his one friend, like Omenist or whatever, the third one, 
And he's like, you're my best friend. And I was like, what the hell? What about me? And he's like, not now, man. Not now. We'll, we'll get to you. And he's like, what? I wouldn't forgive you instantly. thought that was fun. But I, we, another thing we pointed out was funny is when Haldrin is like, I don't know, Galadriel. I don't want to be king. My people like were, were, were on the dark side. I don't want to do that. And then it's juxtaposed with like him just being right. Yeah. <laughs> like all the people from um, the outpost, like half of them just leave. They're like, I guess we'll follow Sauron. And that old guy's like, come on, Theo, we got to go do the thing I told you about. Um, he doesn't go, but he's thinking about it. A lot of them and, do. Yeah, like the first chance they get. And even Baldwin, uh, Bronwyn's like, maybe yeah. we should do it. Even people who stare are like, I don't, know. I don't know, man. It's very interesting. Like, yeah. Yeah. He's kind of right, and I guess we'll see the this come to a head. God. See, I said last week, like oh, I bet they're getting to <laughs> to the Southlands next week. I, clearly, I was wrong, but maybe next yeah. week, next week they will actually get there. They, they do. I saw the okay. I watched, for once. I watched the preview, and they're like together. Right, so they, maybe the timelines aren't quite as congruent as we think they are. Yeah, like I do think of- I I had that thought as well. Um, is that maybe the Numenor stuff is actually happening a little bit before. And Anwen stuff. So that when they, with travel time, they will kind of um, meet up together. Yeah. Converge. But yeah, I don't know. I, it's weird. It's tough. It's tough with the bet. And like, this is the same thing is like, this is a little bit more um, cynical than most of Tolkien's stuff because these people do just decide to choose to be evil, which is tough. Like, just full on. Not even just like, oh, I guess we have no choice. But he literally just is like, Sauron, I pledge to serve you. Like, whoa. <laughs> You just really, just fully committing, huh? Yeah, just going full balls to the wall on this. Um. So yeah, we'll see where that goes. I, uh, I think there should be an orc fight next week. I think they're marching on the tower, right? So should see some elf arrowy action, at least a little bit of. So that'll be that one, and then the other big one. Oh no, we we did get two. So um, Elrond and Durin, right? Um, Durin's come back with them to Linden now, right? Right. And to see what's what and, and, and figure it all out. And he's there. They have, they have a fun conversation at the dinner table where he says, you've stolen this good rock and it's for, it's only for important tombstones, tombstones stuff. and stuff. you you guys are kind of horrible. Don't you think? And the guy was like, Oh, I'm sorry. I, I genuinely did not know you can, t- you're welcome to take it back with you to sh- show it the proper respect and all this. Mm-hmm. So tensions are high. Um, they're, they're still kind of racist with each other. Yeah. Although, and also, um, High King is like, hmm, your mind used to be kind of slow and shitty, but now your guys are working hard. What's what up with that? You, you, you find something good down there that you're like real digging real hard for? What's that about? And then he's, he's like, like, all right, uh, Elrond, I'm going to level with you. Um, we totally did send you there to spy on the dwarves. <laughs> we kind of all <laughs> thought this would happen. Um, the, the tree's dying, and so we're going to die. And so you need to get the mithril because that'll fix it. Because the mithril has... The light of the Silmaril. The Mithril has the Silmaril in it. Uh, so we need the Mithril to fix the tree so that we don't have to all go, go to heaven. Um, and I don't care for this. Jack. I don't like any of this. I think this is all uh, pretty dumb. Uh, yeah, no, I don't like it. This is very much like a just a constructed thing for this this yeah. show, right? Like just shove a bunch of Tolkien terms and and things together to shove something together so oh mithril that's a thing we'll make that a macguffin that's a rare valuable thing yeah, rare item or something so we'll just throw that we'll make cares. yeah we'll make that the the like absolutely essential thing for this and then we need some and the trees it'll, the trees that's important to them so it'll fix the trees and yeah, oh, yeah. 
yeah, I don't, I really didn't, didn't like this development very much. But uh, Elrond is like, I'm gonna level with you, Durin. We we need the Mithril to fix the tree so we don't all die. And he's like, oh, well, you're my friend, so we'll do that. And Gilgalad is like, ah, yes, exactly as I first seen. This is great. Oh, perfect. Yeah, I I do like uh, how kind of like you know in this their friendship kind of says like the differences between them, like the their races when. He's like, I guess I'm gonna tell you, Durin, but he's like, all right, what? And he's like, oh well, you know, it's it could half or double, you know, depending on him. He's like, dude, what the fuck? Just tell me, man. What are you, what are you doing? Just tell me what you gotta tell me. What are you five and around for? And then he's all like, kind of, he's kind of glad, kind of you know, glad with himself that he's like, oh, I get to save the elves. This will be good for us. Um, I assume this is gonna go south in some way. Maybe I really, I don't know. I, I've I've really been confused on this plot because I'm like, am I meant to believe that Elrond and is going to betray Durin in some way accidentally, and there's going to be some animosity? Or like, yeah, I just don't know where I'm meant to see this going. I don't I know either. I don't think so. We talked, or I think off pod at one point, you and I were talking about it, and like, I guess this is a this is a spoiler for Tolkien's universe, but at one point during the the later conflicts, um, there's like this climactic moment where. Durin's army rides to save Elrond and like I was like oh that's cool with the context of the show and all that'll be interesting if they want to do that um, but yeah I, I basically I, what I'm saying is I think they'll all be cool still in the end and the dwarves and the elves will fight together against right, yeah. against the dark when it comes and all so and yeah this whole I, I mean I don't think that uh, <laughs> I don't think the elves are all gonna die <laughs> from the tree <laughs> so of course. Uh, and again once once more I guess that's the danger with with prequels, prequels but like i don't know i guess you get around that by having these new characters and that's that's kind of the funny thing is that that's what people dislike most right is all these new cr- 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 these new characters they've created for this show right because it's like oh Tolkien didn't made up this guy who's arendir who's who's haldron who cares about these guys but then you're like oh these are the characters who have stakes that are actually maybe more interesting to watch um yeah so i don't know it's it it, it's very tough because I don't feel any danger for Elrond and Gilgalad, right? Like mm. we know this will work out to some form or fashion because they're not, they're not gonna, their souls aren't gonna wither away or whatever he talks about because they have some right. some more stuff to be about. It's like yeah, my brother was mortal, wasn't a fan. I don't want to do that, dude. Give me <laughs> give me your match. Yeah, no, I need to live forever. Um, they mention his dad again, which is fun. Um, they make him human. Yeah, he's like he's like your dad, just a mortal man. That's exactly like kind of the opposite of what you are, though, and you know that, Calibrimbor. You guys are immortal elves. That's literally your thing. Those those are different. There's a distinction. I mean, you are mortal in the sense that you can die, but also in a very real sense, you're not men. You can't. Yeah, <laughs> not men. So in fact, you just live for thousands of years. You could live forever if allowed. Can pretty much live forever. So let's not pretend that's the same thing. <laughs> Aaron says they're immortal souls. So. Souls are immortal. Mm-hmm. Well, there yeah. is. And then the the last subplot, which is just uh, Nori, the oh, Hardfoot. Um, there's some fun stuff here. They sing a, a whimsical song. I actually love that. A token whimsical song. I actually really love that. Um, they sing a nice little traveling song. I didn't realize how far away they have to be from the rest of the group. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I like, didn't. I didn't care rank. for that either. That they they were like, lagging behind the whole so, way through. Yeah, <laughs> like they. I don't know. Maybe they do it on purpose, but it also f- almost seems like <laughs> they were doing like the uh, the rest of the people are doing it on purpose. Like they were at every keep turn making sure that we just need to keep ourselves just a little bit ahead of them. It's like at some point, do you want them to fall back? Um, and it turns out, yes. 
Yes, very much so. They're like, we should have just taken taken their wheels and not let them come with us. That what? That feels totally like okay. So I guess I I can see on some level. I suppose the idea is that they're cheating by bringing a big human guy with them who's eating more than and and so on. But that feels totally contrary to their whole like survival of the fittest type thing here, right? To just be like, well, you should have just taken their wheels and not even allowed them to attempt it. Like, whoa, yeah. like you're talking about a totally different thing here, okay? You're talking about like active sabotage, not just like, well, if she, if not like a Ivan Drago, like if he dies, he dies. 100%, right? Like it was bad enough when we got this whole revelation that this is the way they do things. You're like, wow, this is, this is pretty grim for these little whimsical hobbit people. Whimsical Irish people. But when you're full on talking about like, yeah, you should have taken their wheels so they had no hope of following us. Like, what are you talking? That's... That's real close to just killing them yourself, right? Yeah, you might as well just like slit their own throats. Like, geez, I don't, I don't, I don't know about all that, man. These heartfuls, they're they're kind of savage. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of awful. Uh, I there was a nice scene of feeling where uh, the strangers learning the language, like the common language they all use, that all the races use. Uh, and he's like, "Am I a bad?" He's like, "Am I bad?" Essentially, he doesn't say these words because he's he's like basically like a little kid in terms of speech level but he's like i'm bad and she's like no you're fine like you killed those bugs but that was all right it wasn't a you're not a bad person you're a good person he goes all right and he saves them from some wargs that catch up to him with like magic he's like oh, i'm good it's all good and he tries to heal himself and she's like with with frost for some reason he's trying maybe he's like trying to like i don't know some magic i don't know what he's, he's doing. doing i don't know if he does either, it for that matter yeah and she like which i thought was dumb like touches him and starts to freeze and then starts freaking out and is like all scared of him, but it's like, my man, you could have left him alone. He didn't have to you touch his arm. Touched him, probably, yeah. yeah. Like, he didn't like hurt you. He was by, he was away from everyone doing this, so it's kind of on you for looking for him to an extent. And now she's all kind of scared of him, which is like not what he needs right now. I mean, I mean, truthfully, probably should be. He's like a weird magic human. Well, yeah, well, in that sense, in that sense, you're probably so, not like, wrong. Be, be wary, be wary, wary, of him, wary. yeah, yeah, not like afraid because he's like he's still like he's he hasn't done anything evil um uh, but then we finally see I say, eminem priest. i was just gonna say we see him an priest finally i've been waiting what are they gonna show and him? a couple people or her? If, I don't, is it a woman jack jack i don't know i kind of thought the I, same I, thing i was like wait is that a is that an actress is that a is that a female actor we're dealing with here i don't know because amazon would have let me do that oh yeah that's I true didn't. amazon will just tell you who it is i thought it was though because i thought i looked up the actor when with trailers and we thought maybe it was Sauron and stuff. I'm pretty sure it is a it's a guy, but regardless, he they have a couple of companions anyways, right? There's like a few of them who are all there um scoping out the 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 spot where he crashed he crashed there, right? Yeah. Um which is interesting because they are clearly bad guys and they're they have a big interest in in this. Finding them. So it that's i guess i mean yeah it's just further uh suggestion that somehow involved with with the the bad side of things to some extent or another so based on what this is i'm he's in some he's some kind of part of sauron or some part of something evil that like lost its memory or something Mm -hmm. and is like being influenced like that's why they're with he's with the harfoots that like quote unquote i mean we would thought but based on what we know they're kind of murderous the nicest people of middle earth are the purest yeah to like kind of teach him to be nice and then all these guys are like we gotta make him evil we gotta find him and make him evil what are, we, what are we doing so i feel like that's where this plot's going hopefully he's not fucking gandalf 
It better because oh, I just thought of it. They could def. I can definitely see some fucking Bezos ass writer being like, "Well, this is why Gandalf likes the Hobbits so much because when he was blah 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 blah, he did this, this, and this." That is the thing I've seen. I yes, I've seen people say that exact thing of like, maybe that's the why they're doing this. And yes, one hundred percent. We know that I fucking hope not. Gandalf is close with the Hobbits, and he has an appreciation for the Hobbits that no one else in Middle Earth seems to. Right? Um, in both of the big stories, um. In the Hobbit, the whole thing is that all these dwarves are like, "We need a thief." And he's like, "I know the guy. It's a Hobbit." And the th- and the dwarves are like, "What? What are you talking about? Like what?" And he turns out obviously to uh, to be the just a ticket. And the same thing with Lord of the Rings. They're all like, "All right, which one of us badass men, elf, dwarf dudes is going to carry this ring?" And then Gandalf is the one who's like, "I think just the Hobbit. I think Frodo keeps it." Um, and he's right both times, of course. Um, so that kind of all it kind of works. I I can't deny uh that the explanation could be that when he first arrived in middle earth he was shown kindness by these people and like saw the that they you know are kind and like gentle and pure right but they're also yeah. like resilient like they have a, a strength in them to like do the things they, they have to do they don't utilize and they're overlooked so it could kind of work I, I wouldn't hate it to be honest um if they have to make this guy Gandalf, like that side of it um would soften the the blow for me as listeners we've been like don't put get off it but that story element to it i do i gotta say i do kind of enjoy so but i don't know it still just feels weird and necessary and the timeline's not right i'll never get over that i guess but why is he shouldn't be there yet he he shouldn't be there yet and again yeah, he shouldn't be the other thing is like be it's just a just it's such an abstraction or not even like it's just it's almost the opposite of the whole point of Gandalf as a character, which is he was sent very explicitly with a mission by the Valar. And he knew that that was because it was a mission that he was there to do. Yeah. He was like, Oh, I do this. Fellas. And he rolled up and he like, I don't, I don't even think he, they shot him out of a star. I think he just came over in a boat maybe. Right. The other five, the other four of yeah, them. And in the blues. he like met, he like heard. met one of the great elven Lords who was like, Oh, you're great. Have my ring. Um, I think, I think it's gonna, I think <laughs> I trust you with it r- explicitly. Take this, um, get on your way, Gandalf. Yeah. Like, so yeah, it's, it's totally different kind of, it'd be a totally, totally different thing, but I don't know. Why would he be doing the back speech and be kind of like scary at times is the other kind of side of it. Yeah. I also said to you, um, this guy has done more magic than Gandalf ever did. <laughs> yeah. Any of the wizards ever did. Oh well, yeah. For that matter. Sarmon, all this Sarmon did was like yell at a mountain. Yeah, Tok it like yeah. The the wizard there's really not much wizardry when you really get down to it in those movies. For me, the quintessential fantasy thing, not a lot of mat like just spell casting. Yeah, they're um they're really more Gandalf is more of just a wise like counselor in a lot of cases yeah. than he is. Can with a sword. He's, He's a cool got sword. a sword that he uses as much as anything. <laughs> yeah. So Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we still, uh, once again, at the end of this episode, I asked you, and I think we still have no good answers. Who's Sauron? Who's Sauron, Jack? Which one is he? I think I think it's Nori's friend. Poppy? I think it's no. Poppy. It's the Don't make it Poppy. It's going to be Poppy. She's gone through so Poppy's much, gonna... Jack. Her whole <laughs> family <laughs> died in like a rock yeah. fall or whatever it was. I thought it was wasn't it? Oh, well, I thought it was wolves. I don't think her family was wolves, was it? That's horrible. I thought it was a rock slide that got them all. Like it, like they okay. just were on the wrong mountain pass at the wrong moment and they all just got swept away or something. Oh, yeah, I think it was. Because the wolves were like someone else. Poor, poor, poor Poppy. 
it's so upsetting to me when you realize last week or was it the week before were they in last week? whatever the last one where they showed up in and you realize that because you have this moment where he's just reading off their names and you're like wait a minute i i didn't i guess i didn't ever see poppy's family and then when they go to leave and poppy's just got her one little cart alone it's so upsetting yeah. to me and like this week you see that she's just hanging out with them because that's all she's got and it's nice that she's got like somebody but like good grief yeah. Oh, yeah. They were all killed in the landslide. Her mother and her siblings were, and her father. She had five other families. They're all killed in the oh, landslide. Good grief, man. It's so upsetting. Like, will you sing us a song, Poppy? Will you sing us your mom's song? Wouldn't that be nice? And she's like, I don't know, guys. And they're like, come on. Come on. Don't be such a Debbie Downer. <laughs> come on. Don't be such a bitch about it. You're like, all right, fine. Gosh, it's really upsetting to me. So, only good things for Poppy, please. I'm manifesting good Please. stuff to happen. Uh, All right, let's move on. I think we're good. All right. Akatech. Akatech into She-Hulk, probably. Very short. Not a lot to talk about here. As as Jen actually points out, this is a weird point to put a wedding episode, but that's how weddings are. Deal with it, bitch. <laughs> and she's like, All right, I, right, I guess, show. Fine. Yeah. I will. Yeah. Um. Once again, as we've been saying week after week with this show, it's or uh, we <laughs> there it is again <laughs> i don't know um it's just kind of fun it's just kind of a nothing like it's just enjoyable to tune in every week there's nothing revolutionary about it um i don't know why people have such strong opinions on it negatively um yeah i was watching with some guy uh with my friend some of the guy who he lives with who's not really my friend uh <laughs> a skating review she goes he time, huh? doesn't matter and like he was like me and my friend who I watch it with are like pretty on, are on board with She-Hulk. We're excited, but this guy's just like multiple times, just like oh, he like groaned or like put his head in his hands. And I was like, dude, it's a half-hour comedy. What the fuck do you want from it? She'd like make a weird joke or something like like something that was supposed to be funny would happen, and he'd like groan. I'm like, what do you? I mean, my man, what do you think this is? It's not Infinity War. It's not Endgame. Like you gotta like temper expectations here, man. And like I guess comedy is real subjective, and and that's a big part of it because yeah i've seen so many people like go over like it's so unbearably cringe and i'm like i i just don't have that reaction to this personally like i'm not gonna sit here and tell you that i like am rolling on the floor laughing out loud every week um but i i just think it's fun i just think it's pleasant i i certainly am not like oh you like teeth grinding over it uh yeah so i don't know it's just again it just, it's obviously like comedy is kind of a weird thing in that way that it's it's almost more subjective even than most art or whatever but I, I, yeah i don't have a big problem with it um mm-hmm. i saw a tweet this week which was like the reason she hulk sucks is because it's it's trying to do four things and it's doing none of them good right so the, this the argument was that like it's trying to be a superhero thing but there's not a lot of actual superhero action or anything in it it's trying to be a law show but it's like laughable um because it's not accurate right it's trying to be a right. comedy but it's not funny and it's trying to be a a it's trying to be like a critique on what it's like to be like a modern woman, but it has nothing actually profound to say. And I'm like, <sighs> like if you, if you put in those terms, I guess I can see some of those, but I, I think first and foremost, it really is just kind of like a lighthearted comedy entry into the MCU. I think that really is primarily what it's going for. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, it does that just sure. fine. I don't think, I don't think anyone actually expected it, nor should they um, to be an accurate, like legal thing. It's just a comedy kind of thing where where that's the backdrop right that's the premise to it um yeah and i think it does a plenty good job of that i think i I really like once we hit this groove of just like a new case of the week type thing i think they're very fun the way that they do like 
superhero involved superpower um cases i think it's really nice yeah and Sweek was um what mr immortal who kept killing himself whenever he wanted to divorce his wife yeah he's he has many marriages and that he took advantage of and then he would just yeah pretend to to die to get out of it he would pretend he would die and well yeah well not really though he can't die they get into it ready um (laughs) thing and the uh, weird thing was, that, like, they're all, like, getting on him. He's like, hey, you guys are my lawyers. I thought you guys are supposed to, like, be on my side. And they're like, eh, not really. We don't have to like you. Like, we, we're going to, like, represent you, but we can, we can think you're, like, shitty and, like, a dickhead. And he's like, what, what the hell? Yeah, I thought... And then he killed... I just thought it was fun. I just enjoy this. I, I... Again, it's like, yes, they don't... They're not citing case law when they do it, but there is the sense of, like, well, no, this is, like, a legal scenario. That's, that is that is what they see, is, you know? Whether it's right. perfectly accurate or not is kind of missing the point a little bit. Yeah. The idea, the idea is still that you're not going to find like divorce proceedings um, in most other shows. You know, <laughs> so it's weird to just be like, this is a, this kind of fails law show, don't you think? No, the law is there to the exactly the extent I think they want it to be. Um, yeah, because I think too much would just be boring yeah we don't need an actual drama and no one ever said it was a drama right it's always been like this is like a procedural is that they call it procedural count uh, like law comedy or whatever legal comedy yeah yeah. and that is what it is i think um i did like the the wedding stuff's fun i really liked just it's called what's it i think it's called just jen maybe this week is this episode is um yes and i did enjoy that that like there's a lot of just tatiana maslany there because i do think some of her performance is lost in the, the cgi right um so i i I really liked her this week just like being her and being kind of fun and and partying at a at a wedding she meets a a dude what's his name is it josh i think it's josh yeah Um, they have a fun rapport here so and then yeah the the conflict is that titania shows up to crash it basically because she's still mad at jen and uh they have a fight they have a bit of a punch-up which is better than their first one i will say oh much better so that's cool. Break your teeth. She busts all her teeth. And then there's the moment of like, oh no, my friend's going to be mad because I turned in the whole cut her wedding, even though she asked me not to. And then, but her friends, is it just because she's drunk? Is the idea? She's drunk, <laughs> she's drunk yeah. enough that she's like, oh my gosh, it's She Hulk at my wedding. This is exciting and good. And it all works it's out. Crazy. How nice. Yeah. And she's wearing the ugliest dress I've ever seen. Oh. It was pretty, <laughs> I don't know. Kind of, but it just looked. It just out of all the wonders I've seen, that was like this one looks stupid as hell. <laughs> Didn't jump out to me. This looked stupid. Fair enough. Fair enough, Jack. You know. Mm. Um, but yeah, like the Chet was there. He was. A oh DJ. yeah, Chet was a DJ. What do you call himself? The Inchettable. The Inchettable DJ Hulk. Inchettable Hulk or something. Sorry. Some dumb. Fun. Did you see? There's like a, a well <laughs> written out and a, a in depth fan theory that um, Chet is going to be the Red Hulk in the MCU now. Ooh, that'd be funny. Because he's incredible. He's the incredible <laughs> Hulk. Apparently, every time he's appeared, he's had red on in some form or fashion. Um, oh. some some clothing item or something on him has been red. And they talk like in um in the first episode, Shed is mentioned or something to that effect. And there's a whole thing where like the reason Jen can be She Hulk is because DNA, right? And yeah. so she he should also have the DNA. Um. To be a to be a Hulk, so I don't know. It seemed there seemed to be some some merits to it. I was like, huh, maybe they're maybe they're setting up Chid to be to be Red Hulk right before our very eyes. As fun as that would be, put a doubt on oh, that. I, one. I doubt Hard it, day. <laughs> but it's just fun. Fun. Thing. It's definitely funny to point out all the clues. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, 
she continues on. Oh, I guess it's just uh, I, I guess the big the only other thing to, to note uh, is no Daredevil, um, which is kind of no fun. Daredevil. I I like. I think it's funny. I like that they started and they were and she yeah like the fourth wall breaking of just like yeah this one we're just doing a wedding one. Get fucked. <laughs> I think it's very funny. Especially because someone tweeted this this week. I totally agree that like she literally breaks the fourth wall to tell you what's going to happen. And then like the, the dude bros still get mad that certain things don't happen in an episode. Like they still watch this whole week and be like, no daredevil. And it's like, she told you almost immediately what to expect. You can't really be mad at that. Yeah, but I, I was secretly hoping like every time there's a moment where someone's going to walk on, I was like, is this going to be Matt Murdock? <laughs> and it was. And I was like, oh, damn not it. Quite. Not quite. So he should be probably next week or not. I don't know. Yeah, we see that um, there's that secret organization that's gonna stab her with a needle and get her blood. Oh yeah, that's right. Crew the they have they that are. needle, and maybe maybe they can get more from it than we thought, or something. So I don't know. Where's that going? What are they gonna try to do with her blood? Like where? Like I get that they're trying to do, but what? I guess what I'm saying is, Jack, which cameo character is that gonna result in? Uh, maybe Daredevil. I mean, that's gonna be the Daredevil thing. Like, I've stopped. They're gonna give like, him Hulk powers. They, oh, I guess no. I, I guess you're saying he'll. That's what's gonna bring him in. Like, yeah, it could be. I just mean like, together. are they gonna? Oh, are they okay. making some established character with that? I can't do the lead. I don't think they're gonna do the leader. I no. said him, but well, he, I'm thinking a big Hulky person. The, like, are they trying to oh, make yeah, a? If they're trying to make a Hulk, oh, they're trying to make a guy. Uh, they could do like a bomb. <laughs> they could make Rick Jones. Oh, maybe Chet's gonna be Rick Jones. He'll be a bomb. Chet, Chet. I feel like Chet fits more a bomb. Than he does Red yeah. Hulk for sure, for sure. It'd be a nice switch because it'd be like who's. I'm just trying. I was just trying to think of like, is there someone obvious that I'm overlooking to be like a big brawler, smashy person for her to fight uh, at the end? I'm trying to think who else. Yeah, I don't is. know. I don't have any good ones. So yeah, they could just do Red She Hulk, but it'd be weird to do Red She Hulk before Red Hulk. I feel. Um, yeah, and not have Betty. They're gonna bring back Liv Tyler as Betty Ross. That'd be all right. That'd so, be fun. It'd be a wild get for the She Hulk show. It'd be wild. But hey, Marvel's done crazier things. That's right. So we'll find out soon enough. It's not really the point of sure it. Again, that's like a very like tenuous background thing where they just kind of show you 20 seconds of it every week and you're like, all right, cool. What funny thing's going to happen next week? Right. So let's act attack into our final topic here, Jack. House of the Dragon. Uh, the People have been dubbing this The Green Wedding. Oh, yes. Um, I, I, it's very fun. In the, in the after the episode thing, I was watching, I watched it again this week and yeah, the showrunner was like, "Yeah, you know, every season of uh of Game of Thrones needs your wedding. That doesn't go quite right, <laughs> and that's what we have here. So, um, it's quite wrong. As we started, it was you know, as leading off of last week, he's like, you got to marry your cousin, and so this week leads with that. Um, they're going to Driftmark to uh, patch things up with with the Lanors or th- what are they called? Coles. L- the, the, Val- the, the Valerian, the sorry, his his first name is Lenor. The Valerians. Um, and he's like, hey, I'm actually, we're here to do a, I think we, your daughter Shamara's son. And he's like, that sounds like pretty good terms. Let me haggle a bit, though. <laughs> Which I thought was weird, because no matter what, that's still, like, is that not a better deal? Or at least as good of a deal as what was going on before? Because initially, they wanted the king to marry their daughter. And in that circumstance, yeah. under under no situation was there ever going to be an, a question of what their kids would be named or any of that, right? right yeah. But as soon as he comes in with an offer that's at least as good, pretty much, right? He's like, "Well, what if? But what if they were named after me? So does that mean when these when the kids are their king, they will get to be named after me too? How's that go?" And he's like, "No, we're not going to no, do dumb, it like dumb. that." 
and he's like, all right, I'll do it anyway. Your terms are acceptable. Um, so uh, Corliss is back in the fold, which I like. Oh, yeah, good to have um, Otto's out. In. Yeah. Uh, we get a little bit of Otto when he's leaving. And it's an interesting scene. Like, hey, Alice. I like that, honestly. Things are going to get fucked. You, you kind of got to move for it. He's like, I'm real sorry. Maybe I moved too fast, but hey man, I'm leaving. You're, you're on your own, my man. Sorry. Uh, if she goes to the throne, there's going to be war and your kids are going to die. So his, um, get ready for that. His actor talked about that in the post in the episode thing. And he was like, I, I kind of think what he wanted to say to his daughter in that moment was, I love you and I'm afraid for you. Um, but this is not that type of universe. And I don't think Otto Hightower is that kind of guy. So he no. goes with this, this like terrifying speech about like, you don't, you don't get right on top of this right now. They're going to kill you and they're going to kill your kids. And it's going to be horrible. And everyone you love is going to die. And she's just like terrified. And then gives her a hug and goes, all right, all right. see you. <sighs> Go on home. Good luck with that. I'm heading out. <laughs> what a raining day he rides off in the rain without a hood on and it's tough because i think otto believes what he said there and i also think unfortunately otto's kind of right um as we might see at some point here he's probably right that the there really is going to be some conflict with this regardless that the realm isn't going to accept it they haven't in the past and they probably won't now and that it's going to be tough and that straight up stability wise that's probably the bad the answer um, but at the same time, I also think there's an element of is him telling her this, getting this in her brain, like planting this in her and, and getting her to to be convinced of this is has he created a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy here? Right. Is this going to cause some of the conflict that he's supposedly trying to avoid? Right. Um, right. Because yeah. he has this whole thing of like, oh, you either have to carve it out for yourself or you have to be friends with Rainier and hope she won't turn on you. And but he almost presents it like that's the stupid second option, like or you could hope she'll be nice. And I'm like, my thought was just like, but why do we have any reason to think she wouldn't be in some yeah. in this hypothetical scenario where like Allison was just close to her one time best friend and raised her children to like all be close and, and friendly with them. Right. And have a thing where like, yeah, what if my kids were just close with their half sister and we all like there was like that there, there was always the understanding and then like shit it would probably it's type of scenario where they would have a, a very like you know a uh stable a, house. totally stable house that when and if renera becomes queen they would have like an honored place in her whole you know court and everything like they're proud they you know i don't know i just i can't help but wonder what if like if he didn't plant the center of like it's gotta be conflict you have to be against it's 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 you versus them right it's us versus them if things couldn't have yeah. gone a little differently but I definitely think there's there's some of that in there. Um, we go f- we go but when we're at Driftmont again. Uh, we bunch we touched on this last week. You mentioned it about how her what's the son's name that she's married? Lenor. I'm so terrible. Lenor. The how he's gay. Mm-hmm. Have, with the multiple characters talking about yeah, this. So it's very much uh, totally very, confirmed in the fourth one. Yeah. So that she's like, all right, well, here's the thing. Renira's like, all right, here's the thing. I know you're gay, and I don't give a shit. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna do the air thing, and we're gonna do what you got to do. We're done with that. We just kind of do whatever we want. I'll do my thing, you do your thing, and we'll, we'll, we'll everyone will go home happy. We don't got to make this harder than it needs to be. You're gay. I want to fuck my uncle. We both got our things here. All right. So why don't we just, you know, we do what we got to do, and then we can both have our thing. How do you like that? And he's like, you know what? Sounds all right by me. Um, which I think was super cool. I think this was a fun scene. I really like that about them. Um, I, I, I think they are going to like rehabilitate. Um, 
Lenor's image in this show and make him more of a cool effect effectual character than he they make him out to be in the book. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I think this is part of it is that like they're like a team, right? Um, which I really enjoy. So there's I don't think they're ever gonna like be in love with each other. I don't think that's in the cards for them one way or the other, right? Um, right. Romance is clearly not on the table for both of those reasons. But I do like the idea that they can still be this united team and that they're in it together, um, which is cool. I hope I hope to see that dynamic kind of play out more. Um, again, just like working together to further means because obviously their their interests are you know the same for in in most cases. Um, so yeah, should be cool. I like that about them. So then um, there's also the conversation with Corliss and Rainus, which is again Rainus is so sour grapes about it all, man. Because Corliss is like, this is good news. Our son's gonna be like the king regent. That'll be cool. And she's like, nah, only if only if Renera actually is queen, huh? And he's like, why why wouldn't she be? <laughs> we said yeah. so. We, we all swore. Like I, we were there. I I'll make it. sure. I mean, you know, I'm not gonna put our thing now that now that we have a stake in this. I'm not gonna put in jeopardy. And she's like, mm, I don't know, man. Maybe it'd be better to just not even worry about it. And it's like, what? You your cousin drop dead in front of us. Like he's he's on his way out. And Otto points it out too. He's like that kid. He's gonna die soon. Like, he's, he's on his way. He's on his way out. <laughs> One foot in the grave, as they say. One foot deeply in the grave. Um. And, and then she, he's like, and and our son's gay. It's not gonna work. <laughs> and he's like, and I'm like, all right. Well, they're you're both being silly now. <laughs> now you're both being silly. Um. But so then we get back to the to the uh, King's we're, Landing. We're, we're before, oh, right before we get on our on our way. Uh, our our boy. Cole oh yeah, good call, good call. On the way back, take, takes the shot of the century. He really goes for it from from fucking downtown. <laughs> takes the shot and whips. you gotta you gotta Ooh. respect it. All right, we love a king shooting a shot. Okay, but king oof. pick it around. So he goes with Renera. He's like, listen, what if we just ran away together and got married? Wouldn't that be swell? Because I know you don't even you don't even want to do all this queen this princess queen stuff, right? It's kind of a hassle. So we'll just go back, and then she's, of course, um, she's like, no, that's, I'm not really interested in that. I, uh, I'm i going to be queen. I don't want to be poor. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't want to be poor. Why would I want to be poor? I'm going to be queen of the whole thing. It's going to be sick. Um, but we can, I have a you know, we can keep this going in some form or fashion. You don't even got to worry about that, big guy. It's not even a problem for me. Um, and he's like, I, everything, everything that I have is crumbling. This is, this, you've, <laughs> you've ruined my life, I think. <laughs> Which you, you kind of got to feel for him to an extent. I didn't even want to have sex with you, and your uncle didn't fuck you, so you fucked me, and now I'm just a whore, maybe? What's, we're being what's honest, you kind of, you know what? I was there. I was a willing participant, but it was kind of your idea, you okay? I, I refused you once, and you insisted, and I went, all right, I've I guess we'll go with it. I've broken my vow here. It was really important and to me. That's all I have <laughs> is like this position, right? I, because he really is. He's he's lowborn. He's not a knight. Or he, he's a knight, but he's not highborn. He wasn't born into it, or, or he's not from a, a noble house. He had to fight Dorn. He had to fight those. He had to Dornish. fight the Dornish. Everything he has is like from his like he's built for himself, and he's got he earned that pretty rightfully. And now he's like he's he sees it as he's ruined it all. Like you can you can at least sympathize with where he's coming from to an extent, even though he's kind of a loser about it. And um. I think it's interesting. I, I think we'll see some of this with some of the other men in Rhaenyra's life. But like, even though she's this is this is like her first whatever quote unquote relationship, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think this this conversation between them goes to show why they wouldn't why they wouldn't ever work. Um, obviously, the fact that he would even ask her, I think, shows it pretty firmly because like 
you, you should know she's going to be, she wants to be queen, dude. Like, what are you talking about? Cause he's like, no, yeah. I think I know you pretty well from hanging out. So I think you'd want to just quit. Right. Like, I, I think you don't know her very well. <laughs> Kristen, I've, I've Wait. decided. <laughs> Me, the unlimited viewer, I know what you don't. Um, but I saw someone break this down on on Twitter, I think, and it's I kind of agree is that like when you look at all their um, a lot of their interactions holistically here, he clearly sees her in um, as someone who is in need of protecting, right? And that's obviously his job to an extent. But I think it's probably he's taken it too far in his own mind where he can't mm-hmm. separate that. Um, the fact that you know he it's his job to protect her with the fact that she doesn't she doesn't need protecting from everything because like her whole thing is that she's she's pretty she's pretty strong right like that's that isn't the character that she is is like this damsel who is in full need of it and that's kind of the only way he can conceive of her yeah um, whereas you compare it to the other men in her life right like whatever she's got going on with damon there um as fucky wucky as that is um he certainly doesn't think she's like weak and in need of of coddling um no 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 and neither does lanor now right again i don't think there's there's going to be any kind of genuine like romance there but whatever relationship they have is not based around that um he's kind of like all right cool like i think we're we're partners here in this thing um and even uh, which we'll get into next week with um harwin strong right the little the that small interaction we had from them last week was when he um he's the one who stops her in the street when she's like running away you remember yeah and then when he realizes he's like all right run along now like i he trusts her also to be like all right i i assume you know what you you know what you're doing so get going i guess um and so yeah christian cole does not he can't he doesn't think of it in that terms um and i think that's he he clearly doesn't understand her as well as he thinks and that's yeah. why this all goes belly up, which is kind of what I, I said we would probably be building towards last week, right? That this would cause a rift of some kind. And then, uh, what is it? Allison brings him in and it's like, hey, did... and she's trying to ask him if she had sex with Damon. Yes. But because she's trying to be all political queen around the bush there, he thinks that she knows about him. He just confesses. She's like, oh, what the fuck is this? I've I've stumbled right into a, in a hornet's nest here. <laughs> I stumbled onto something this I didn't even conceive of. Yeah. This, is, this is a whole and different... He, he, he really goes full on. He goes, you know what? I hope you have pity on me. Please don't torture me. Just fucking kill me. Just, I'd rather you do that at this point. And she's like, oh, oh wow. This is this is worse than I could even imagine. Um, Leave. How about you leave? <laughs> just head on out. Thanks for the honesty. You can just, you can just, you can just go, actually. I'm, that's all right. No torture will be involved today. Yeah, I thought this was—I thought that was a great, like, an interesting, very interesting scene. Um, we talked about last week how she needs to be this, right? Um, Allison to be an equal to um, whoever in whatever may be coming here. She also needs to be a competent uh, player in this whole situation, right? And this episode furthered that um, to me, at least, that she is a competent player, and like, she's not masterful at it yet. She's still young, but. Yeah, she's able to suss this out almost accidentally, uh, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, but she also doesn't have, at least yet, right? Yeah, she doesn't have the stomach for that. When he's like, well, I guess you kill me now. She That upsets her. <laughs> she does not like the idea of having to execute this guy. Like, that's a bit much for her. Um, and so she doesn't go through with all that. But now she's got the deets. And um, between that and the thing that Otto told her, um, she basically firmly kind of draws the battle lines, right? Uh, the walls go up between them, I think now. Um, that's probably irreconcilable. Um, 
at the beginning at the very beginning of last week we were like oh maybe they're patching it up right this is nice and between what happened last week and now that you know she knows that Rainier is lying to her um that's when the yeah i think i think the walls go up basically i think the ship sailed on them reconciling and we're gonna have kind of factions here breaking down oh, yeah in the lines in the sand um oh i i what i want to like so the reason she gets onto that right is because harwin strong's other son or sorry harwin is the brother the lionel i think is the is the hand guy yeah. so his other son he tells her like, he's like doing some like shifty like back backroom dealings of like hmm, maybe you know it's not my place to say but but I'm just going to say it anyway. <laughs> maybe you should look into this specific thing. And she's like, oh, maybe I should. What, um, what do we think that's all about? I think he's just trying to get leverage. He's doing like, um, I think he's just playing the like, game. Is it just a chaos as a ladder kind of thing? Yeah. I think, but I think he is picking this opportunity in particular because he's in a position where he can take advantage because obviously, like we've said, he recognizes, and I'm sure Otto and many other of everyone else in the show who is, knows how to play this game, he said, Allison doesn't really know how to play yet. She's starting to learn the rules, but she's just far enough that you can kind of slip in and like get kind of ride her tail, ride her wave. Oh, being so if he can attach himself yeah. to her. Yeah, he's like, if he can be like, well, hey, I'm the one who revealed the secret. I'm, useful, I'm pretty aren't I? I may be broken and be crippled and can't really walk, but I'm the smart. Politics, and I so that doesn't matter. Yeah, like a real kind of tear in. Yeah, okay, kind of I, I like it. So yeah, maybe this is just his way to ingratiate himself with her going forward. Yeah, even, even the plank. Yeah, you know, right. he can't fight. He politic his way through. So he's just got his um, own ambition, just like everyone in Game of Thrones. Yeah, well, yeah, that's his. I, that's yeah, I like a, it. Kind of a theme of the oh, show. Oh yeah, totally. It makes sense that he's just like you know what? I'll get something for myself here. This will be sick. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to really throw a wrench. I'm just going to make a lunch at chaos here. Really upset everybody. Yeah. That's great. I go, who's going to who's this? I'm little old me. My foot's backwards. What are you going to do? How could I do? I'm backwards footman. Uh, speaking of strongs, uh, I like the scene like the king is like, "Fuck, I'm so sick." And they're like, "Get the leeches for him." And then the one mace is like, "Maybe we should give him this and make him feel better." He goes, "Nah, the leeches always bring some bring him peace. Give him the leeches." I love it. Too. I wrote it down as well. The the like under maester is like um, I had this like I had this crazy idea. Hear me out. Um, yeah, kind of wild, but like I was thinking, and I actually got some ready already. I can just go run and grab him real quick. What if we gave him medicine? And the maester's like, Pshaw, you're a fool. You're an idiot. This is why you're not in charge, huh? Huh? The the leeches have always made the king feel much better, and so we're getting the leeches, and then we're knocking his ass out, and that's that. <laughs> and you're just like. His whole arm is all fucked up. I couldn't tell if that's like rot or like. Yeah, I don't know. Scabbing on. of some kind. Like it's yeah, yeah there's something going on there. Right his gone up his arm is like infected and like awful. And he's like sweaty and like clearly dying, like on the on his last legs. And he's talking to the his hand that's strong and he's like, Maybe am I gonna be remembered? And he's like, Well, you're in peace. What's wrong with that? He's like, Yeah, but nobody's gonna really sing songs about the time that king just kept doing the peace that was already in place. Nobody really cares about that. Maybe I should have been testing the crucible. And in a very nice way, as he always is the strong guy's like, Oh, maybe people regret doing that. And he's like, Yeah, you know, you've always shoot straight here, buddy. You're right. I don't think I wanna know the answer because I because he because Varus, obviously, you know, we've said He's ineffectual. He's not very strong, but he's not an idiot. He does. He's not incapable of self-reflection. He understands that. Yeah, I wouldn't. If push came to shove, I would have crumbled. I would have been dead years ago if we had to go to like war yeah. or like something bad happened. Damon would have been king. Like 
I, I know where my strengths are, and that's not one of them. This isn't this. I shouldn't be king. Essentially, he, what he kind of comes to realize is that no, when I die, no one's gonna care. Like people are gonna be like, "Oh, he's dead." Whatever, and like Rhaenyra will care and whatever. But like they're not gonna sing songs about me as a great King Varys. They're just gonna be like, "And we had a King Varys, and it's whatever." And then his daughter became queen, and we all like lost our fucking yeah. minds. <laughs> that's basically it. Like his legacy is gonna be the stuff that comes after him. Uh, but he's not. He's not dead yet. Luckily, well, well, he's not dead for a while. I mean, we got the time jump next year and everything, but beside the point. Um, so then we, we get to the wedding. So the wedding's fun because there's just a bunch of characters um, who we know of. And oh, my God, we totally skipped the beginning. But this is a good enough time. Well, to well hold on. I was I, I, but I was I was waiting because we can do all the Damon stuff at once because they split up. Okay, Damon, yeah, because Damon is the very beginning and then he's at the wedding where he does all his stuff. So I was going to put all of Damon stuff together. Because it kind of all comes together. In that yeah, point. so everyone's rolling up to the wedding, which is fun because we get a bunch of characters we know. We get those Lannister guys back. We get um Jason, and he makes a like a weird like huh, women joke of a <laughs> very woman funny. Ready, and they and they kind of look at each other like, all right, whatever. Not funny because <laughs> it was like a funny joke, but like you know, funny because it's like funny an that... awkward, goofy thing for him to say, and you're just like, what a dumbass. <laughs> yeah, and even the kick's like, bro, what are you Come doing? Come on, not the tie. <laughs> time bro she's gonna be queen that's the whole point of this um and then damon makes a dramatic entrance uh, just walks in i was like where's my chair guys what the- <laughs> just pull it's like all right I, I got a chair you just sit at the end of the day he's like all right, i pulled pull my fuckhead brother up a chair jesus um but the reason yeah the thing about him is that at the end of the last week uh viserys was like go back to your wife you asshole go get you have an actual wife, remember? So why don't you just go hang out with her for a while and get out of my hair? I'm trying to fuck my daughter, you And weirdo. so the real, the quick opening of this, um, which the showrunner described as like a bit of a, sh- or maybe it was the director described as like a little short film, which it really kind of is um, from, you know, her perspective, is just his wife in the Eerie um, and what she gets up to. And um, it's cool to see her, actually. You know, he's, just, he's been very, uh, very unfavorable in his descriptions of her all season long. Um, turns out she's, I would say she's quite attractive. Um, she's certainly not like hideous or anything. Uh, she is a bit cold, but basically what it comes down to as, as this is what they say in the episode thing is that it's not that she was this like horrible person necessarily, but, um, it really just comes down to that. She didn't like him probably for very good reason because he's kind of the worst (laughs) and that's what caused all this drama between them. Is not because she's horrible or hideous or anything. It's because Damon's kind of an asshole, and she has enough like grit to not uh, put up with it <laughs> and not stomach what he's doing. Be like, hey man, you're you're mean. Get out of here. It's like I don't like this lady. Very so much. what he does is t- uh, rolls up and um, well, he kills her. Yeah, he just cripples her and then bashes her head with a rod. Um, they talk about this as well as that they kind of wrote it like they wanted they wanted you to. S- I don't know if this is in the script or whatever, but basically they were trying to convey that Damon didn't didn't exactly know what he was going to do when he rolled up there. Like he decides on the day, basically, right? Um, yeah. So he rolls up and then he's like, hmm, <laughs> this wife of mine, what do I do? And then when she goes for the bow, basically, is when he's like, all right, I got to escalate this pretty heavily here. And that's when he does the horse thing. And then he realizes that he's crippled her, right? And he's like, well, that actually serves my ends well enough, right? Um, because from his perspective, that's enough to like, kind of break off any um what's connection to yeah him. but any um 
what the hell's the word I'm looking for? Just any duty to her. Like, he doesn't have to have any loyalty after that because he can pull the the classic move of like, well, if she can't give me any sons, what even use is she, right? And because they're all horrible, yeah. they'll be like, yeah, that checks out. Um, so that was good enough for him. But then because she throws in that last jab at the end of how, because again, she just doesn't put up with his nonsense, like right through the end. That's when he's like, all right, well, I'll just, I think I'll just go all the way through then and murder you. And, yeah. and he does. So that's absurd. And then her, so then, and right at the beginning of her little thing, her she like meets her cousin, and he's like, "Hey, you want to go? I'll go hunting with you." She goes, "I don't really want to." And he's like, "Okay, whatever, man." And then <laughs> all right, he leaves. And then he, all right, whatever you say, man. I'm sure your husband won't come back and kill you. Uh, and then he comes back, and he's like, he, and he cuts in line to talk to the king. He's like, "Hey, I gotta talk to you about somebody." And then I was talking about shows up, and he's like, "I can't talk." And then he tries to confront Damon, and it's like. I think you fucking killed her, you bitch. And he goes, mm, actually, I'm going to inherit Runestone, so I'll see you in a week, dickhead. Take you your castle, fuck what? <laughs> Maybe don't make me mad or I'll kill you. And he goes, all right, I guess I'll back off. It's a shame, because he's right. And that's a, I, was, I was thinking about this, so I think that's the worst thing Damon's done yet. <laughs> what do you think? It's got to be. It's got to be up there. And, I, and we're not even through the no, season yet. Oh, that's no. a really just, like, just straight up terrible. Like, there's just no just excuse in that. She didn't do anything thing. to deserve that even close. Um, yeah. Because you didn't, like, you were just, you were like, all right, go have your wife that you have. And you're like, I don't want this wife anymore. I guess I'll kill her. It's upsetting. I guess I got to do what I got to do. I didn't like it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's, that's wild. That's, God, Damon's the worst. And they talk about how in the book, it's just like, a, it's just kind of a one-off line of like, yeah, and then um, Damon's wife, well, you know, blah, 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 the, the histories and blah, blah, blah. And then Damon's wife, she, she, while she was out hunting, she fell off her horse and she broke her neck. And then two days later, she died. And the writer, I think, was like, and I read that line and I was like, wait a minute. This is a weird detail to a Martin. Why'd you put this in here? And then he's like, oh, Damon killed her. <laughs> Damon did it. Somehow <laughs> yeah. Damon did that. Um, and, and so that's what they ran with in the show here. And I think it, I think it makes sense. It's certainly more People, satisfying narratively than just being right. like she dies off she screen in an accident. <laughs> uh, I know my a friend of mine we, who likes the show will uh, often uh, reiterates that uh, Damon will uh, not say any lines for most of an episode. He'll be quiet and then he'll say the worst thing you've ever heard <laughs> or do it, and then le- and the episode will end. It's like, well, that was awful. <laughs> I'm upset now. Uh, yeah, that's that's very true. He's not he's a man of few words when he when he needs to be. Yeah, he just does. He'll just he's a man of action. He'll, first episode, he's just hacking him, hacking people to pieces. <laughs> like yeah. this, the first time we met this guy, and he just did, and somehow he did just did progressively worse things. One hundred percent. So then we get to the wedding, all the fun. Yeah, like I said, we have all these fun little interpersonal interactions. Um, the king goes to do a big speech, and this is this is like the big moment. Um, and Allison, who's been absent the whole the whole night. Uh, Shows up right then as he's giving his big speech and interrupts it with her dramatic entrance where she rolls up and she's wearing a, a green dress and um, she takes the, you know, the distract. She distracts everyone away from from this moment and from Viserys and from Renera to an extent. And suddenly she's the center of attention and she does her whole like, oh, congratulations, stepdaughter. And um, the the strong, the one strong brother has that thing where he's like, you know what that means? In in Old Town, when they go to war, they light a they light a green flame in the high tower, and so there it is. She's she's gearing up for war. Oh yeah, I also liked um after that her uncle, like the first son, the, the um, Lord of Old Town or of High Tower, and the Rich of Old Town, whatever it is, 
is like, yeah, we didn't think he kind of is that backhanded compliment. He's like, I, I thought you'd like wilt and the son of King's Landing without your dad around. But with that, we know you're you know you're down for it. So you know what? We'll stand with you. And like we're we're down for it. Whatever you need, old town's with you. Mm-hmm. Which you know, it's it's nice because she's got her own faction. Then like so Otto might still I don't I don't know. Do we know if he's gonna oh I guess the time skip he might he'd be really old. He'd jump. Eh, I don't I will be in he'll he'll show up again. Okay, that's what I figured. I was like, I feel like you can't just like yeah, the guy who played Rasputin in Kingsman, right? <laughs> that's right. You can't just let him go. Yeah. But yeah, it's tough. Yeah. It's it's funny in the after the episode thing. Um he's like, Yeah, we, we, when we did this thing with the dress, it's kind of it's it's you know, it's I think it's interesting. And like we do kind of say it directly with the dialogue, but I also think I think it's a very subtle thing we get across. And I was like, bro, you can't have a guy literally say, Hey, here's what the symbolism of that color directly means. <laughs> Hey, do you know what, the, the, like, two guys you've never met turn to each other and go, hey, listen <laughs> to this. And then also, like, jerk yourself off about how subtle you were with your with your majesty. Like, no. <laughs> it can't be both, man. But it's yeah, still. You can't have it. It's a good thing, one. nonetheless. Um, in the, I, if, I, if I have a handle on what's um, going on here, the version of this in the book is a little different because um, they both wear an impressive dress to try to show up each other in the book is how it goes. And um, we get the name of the factions from this. So the factions going forward, and I think they'll probably just do this in the show without really further explanation, um, is that in, in the book, Renair wore this fancy black dress to, I think it was to a tournament, not to her wedding. Um, and Allison wore the fancy green dress. So Allison's faction is the greens and Rhaenyra's faction is the blacks. So I would assume that's what they're going forward with the whole green thing and everything, right? Yeah. Um, but the, the, the big culmination of the wedding um, going wrong <laughs> is Lenore's lover picks up on the fact that Kristen Cole's given her, given Rhaenyra eyes all night. And he's like, I think there's something there. And he's talking to Lenore and he's like, I think, I think that's what's up. Um, I think that's good because now I, you know, she knows your secret. Now we know hers. I'm going to go set up to him and uh, let him know what's what. <laughs> And so he goes to talk to Kristen Cole and he's like, Fell, let me tell you, I know your secret. I know it all. And I'm going to, I'm going to be shifty and somewhat blackmailing you with it right now. Isn't this a thing? For no reason. Isn't this a thing a you enjoy? <laughs> and then he fucking beats him to death. Yeah. And so, um, Kristen Cole just start. Yeah. Literally just starts beating him to death. It's just two ways around it. Um, and he does, he, he beats him all the way to death. I, I was like, at first I was like, oh, well, he probably just beat him really bad. and He's going to be fine. And then I, then I pan and it, his eye is missing. I go, oh no, he's, he's dead. <laughs> he beat him to death. Holy shit. With his fists, his bare fists or basically his, or his gauntlets. It's one of those like, you know, no coming back from injuries. Right. Yeah. Of like, oh, okay. Oh no. Like at first you're just like, oh, he's, he's, he's smacking him real good in the face. That's tough though. And then you're just like, wait, no, no, it's going. Oh no. Now his eye. Oh, there's there's like a big section of his head is missing of his yeah his fucking his, skull his mouth is caved out his, his like cheek is ripped open so like his mouth is too big and that's like no good <laughs> and that's it okay um so yeah that's wild I I, I I will say I don't love I do have a, a couple questions I should say I guess about this the way it all plays out here which is like why does no one everyone seems fine with what he's done almost no one is no one tries to stop him. yeah there's never a moment where someone's like. Chris Nicole, why are you doing that? Or afterwards, for that matter, no one is like, "Why did you do that, Chris Nicole? Like, did you just kill that guy? Cause like, did he? 
just for fun. You're the king's guard. What, what did he pose a threat to the king that we didn't see? Was he was he a, a secret assassin? What, why did you beat that man to death in broad view of us all? <laughs> and it never it's never really addressed. So I don't know what that's about. Um, yeah. In the book, he Kristen Cole actually does kill him, but it's um, it's an attorney. I think it's in the melee. He he uh, he like gets him real good in the head, and then he dies later on from like his wounds type thing. Oh, okay, so it's not really his fault. No, it's not like a direct. I'm gonna murder you. Um, it's just a tournament yeah, type this thing. Is the show they're like, no, no, we've got to be real subtle about how much Kristen Cole hates this guy. <laughs> yeah, let's have him beat him to death in front so... of all the people in the world. Um, and then everyone just kind of files out. There's some some interesting stuff happens in the fray here. Um, I like the moment where so we have Harwin Strong and his dad. Like, he's at one point he's looking at his dad. He's like, Dad, can I? Come on, can I? Can I get in the big fight? And then he just like gives him a this nod, and then he he barges on in. He just he's just throwing punches at whoever because <laughs> his mission his mission is ostensibly to get Rhaenyra right. Yeah. He just starts throwing punches at whoever. I don't like. There's no way those guys needed that. But <laughs> no, not at all. He was he was down. He was just throwing. He just wanted to throw some hands. He just he just wanted to fight. <laughs> like, yeah. and and save her near. He grabs her and he lifts her up and he carries her to safety. She's like, "Hey, I don't like this. Put me down." And they got him. Um, and then he gets every, everyone <laughs> basically floods out. Uh, he, I mean, if they get her safe, she's all right. She doesn't get trampled underfoot or anything. Um, oh, I guess the other other somewhat notable thing that happens during the the festivities. Uh, Damon has a dance with Lena, and he's like, "You're all right. Um, there's something here." And Lena's like, "Maybe there is." Oh, so, crazy man! My second cousin, uncle type thing. Let's just really just let's circle. Let's wreath up this family tree right quick, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Go back around. And then he also has a dance with. With uh, Rhaenyra, which is just real weird. Their their whole dynamic is, I you know I don't understand it myself fully, but I mean, who would? <laughs> How could you really? <laughs> and he's and she's like, ah, oh, you what are you jealous? Basically, right? And that's her thing. Is like, oh, would you want to marry you? Well, why don't you just kill everybody here and and run up abscond with me, huh? You won't, will you, pussy? <laughs> yeah, for the second time, she just hits him with, "If you're about it, be about it. Huh? If you're not." Uh, and he's like, I'm fine. I'll just dance with the other lady. I dance with our cousin. And I don't care. Um. So yeah, that's kind of. And then Leno is distraught, obviously, that his his lover has been killed. And um, instead of having the big multi day long wedding festivities that Viserys had planned, he's like, Well, I guess just get married right now. Just get it over with. We've really put a damper on the mood here. Yeah. Let's just wrap it up. And they get married. Uh. So that's. I mean, that's taken care of. The king collapses, so he really is kind of in poor health, which is weird, because I, I, I agree with you, right? Um, this episode definitely portrays him like like on the razor's edge of, of dying. He's like bleeding out his nose, he's like an aneurysm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But then, you know, we know we're doing the time skip thing, and he's still alive some no measure of years later. Um, I wonder if he'll cut off his arm. Yeah, I don't know, because uh, I will say this in the book, they do do the finger amputation thing, but it happens much later in his life. Like we still wouldn't even be there yet where to the point where he's lost his first fingers. Um, it's not this. I guess the difference is that it's not this lifelong, basically affliction that he has. Right. There's not because, again, it's just one of those things. There's not as much time given to it. Um, it is said that he cuts his hand on the on the throne once and he gets infected. And that's when they have to take some fingers. Um but this whole like yeah, long spread out thing is not 
not quite how it's portrayed. But again, it's you, you just kind of need to build it more for build it up more for like an actual narrative. Um, but yeah, and then and the kind of last thing, right, is that Kristen Cole's like, well, I beat that man to death, and no one even cared. It seems like. Um, so I guess I'll just kill myself by this tree, <laughs> style. And I'm like, oh my god, are they just going to make a man kill himself on screen? That's in- it's fucked. Yeah, right. And, and now it's like, all right, hold on, buddy, wait a minute. And so I think this is, you know, that's going to complete his. Uh, he does like a big flip, basically, right? Uh, course of this episode, he's done kind of a full 180, where he was Rhaenyra's um, sworn shield, right? And now he's basically the Allison's pretty much got him just about as firmly in her pocket as you, you could imagine. Right. So as you could ever want a person to be in your pocket, which is super interesting. It's, it's cool. It's cool when they do in the book, it's cool here. Like this, this flip flop of like how her, how one of her closest, like, you know, defenders, um, totally flip sides and it becomes, um, one of her opponents basically. So that will be interesting to develop more, obviously, as we, we build with this and, uh, yeah, um, this is the last week. Like we talked about, we've talked about for a couple weeks now. This is the last week with our with our younger actors. Everyone ages up again next week. Well, not everyone, but um, Allison, Rhaenyra, Lena, and Lenor all late, age up next week. Um, and so, yeah, farewell to them. They all they they put in a good good innings. I think. I don't know. I mean, we said every week how much we enjoyed them, so I don't think we need to hammer it home. Yeah. But good on them. Um, I think. I gotta imagine this will be a big, a big uh, career starter for these these guys, which is cool. I think. Oh yeah, I'm sure. We'll see, I'm sure we'll see him in a dozen other things. It's happened for you know it happened for the original Game of Thrones people, which was the same thing. Like they cast these uh, largely unknown actors for a lot of the roles, and um, you know we've seen how that's gone for I mean, the Clark and Kit Harrington and the like. So I think uh, we can probably expect a similar thing. People have been really taken with their performances, so I should imagine it'll. They'll have success going forward here. I would think so. And Hope so. Either. Yeah. So I think saw some. There's some exciting stuff next week as well. I'm loving this show. I think we'll continue oh, to yeah. love it too. That's great. Um, it's definitely it's it's yeah. We just got a lot of great shows. Really do. Really yeah, do. I'm, I'm glad. Much better than uh, earlier in the year. We cast your minds back, listeners, to episodes around the 40s. Jesus Christ, we got a lot of episodes now. Uh, these pile up when we were doing Boba Fett and Halo, and it's like, oh, I guess Boba Fett was fine, and Halo sucked. <laughs> what else we got? Moon Knight was good? Uh, I guess Moon is the one good thing we got every week. But now we got four good things. We got too many good things to talk about. Yeah, really? No. More, to, it was more a, to come before we're done. It was a thought I had the other week. Or not the other week, this week. I was like, do we sometimes just arbitrarily decide? I worry that sometimes we're just like, okay, we pick, we get a thing, and then like based off of whatever first impressions, early impressions, whatever arbitrary thing we decide, that we go, all right, this is in the bad column, and then <laughs> we just spend our time ragging on it. Or if it's in the good column, we just kind of defend it against everything, right? Against all odds. We go, we're valiant knight. We go full defense force where we won't even accept any of its flaws. <laughs> like when it's Halo, we just we just hate everything. Right. Even the good things were like, ah, not good enough, though. I don't really even care if it's good or not. I've only I have only eyes for the flaws in you. Halo. I don't want to see his ass. Why are there pirates on an island and a weird meteor? Or if it's a but good then, thing, if it's if it's your Andor, your House of the Dragon, we're like, actually, everyone on the Internet who complained about this thing, they're wrong. 
They're no, actually, I'll, go, I'll go even further because people people are pretty names with those two. You got to pick one, really. You got to go She-Hulk or Lord of the Rings, where it's like people are like, maybe there's some flaws. Like, no, 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 no. You're not. You don't understand. It's not you're so being bad. Too, All right, you're being too the way we are about other things about this, and you need to be the other way about I it. I think you're maybe being a bit unfair. Okay, <laughs> I think you're being unfair, and you need to just go a little easy on this, don't you think? <laughs> I fucking if you like Halo, you're wrong and stupid, and you're not seeing it correctly. You blind fanboy, don't it's just have bad. fun. I it was bad. <laughs> you're incorrect. There is zero redeeming qualities in Halo, sir. I, I well, will no. remind you. <laughs> I will remind you, sir. Venom Two wasn't good, and it wasn't fun at all. I didn't have any fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're wrong for finding fun in that. Actually, there was no fun to be had. I assure you. <laughs> no, but here's the thing. Uh, now we do do that, and I will leave this all in. <laughs> but if we do self-reflection and, and laugh about it, it makes us seem above it, and like we're that's right. We've hung a lampshade. We've hung the we lampshade. I think we, we're already. Right. I think we don't got the. We don't. We don't change people. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So. I mean, I also think there's a, maybe a third category in there where we watch a thing, and if it's just kind of fine, we just don't talk extremely at length about it when we. Uh, like I think She-Hulk <laughs> almost falls more into that category where we're just like it was fun this week. We'll just breeze on through. You know, maybe Lord of the Rings to an extent as well. We don't, we're not super passionate one or the other. There's, there's like three tiers, I think. And if you're in the yeah. good camp, we're just like, you're wrong. It's in, it's perfect. I don't think there was a flaw. My life. <laughs> and it's bad with just, it's, we just, just want to destroy it. We can't, we can't even see the forest for the trees. No, there's not a bit of, a bit of goodness in it. We wouldn't even dream of finding the. There's no yin in that yang for sure. <laughs> That's right. It's all or nothing here at the Yak Attack. You know what? It's the hey, like we always say, we always bring up full circle the duality of man. Mm-hmm. And with that, we're gonna end it right here. And that that note, um, as always, thanks so much for listening. You can always find us on Twitter at Architect Jazz and at Gmail at ArchitectJazzGmail.com, on Instagram at the Architect Podcast. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, you'll find our episodes. Our intro was done by Celery Salt. You can find them on Spotify. Uh, soundcloud and spotify eventually with his single f- with the b-side our logo is in by jeffrey gonzalez you can always find him on inkocean.jpg or on Redbubble. and as always we wrote it we produced it and we built all the sets say goodnight to the people zach good night good night godspeed <laughs>